You can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven too comes from that green dragon. Hello everyone and welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. I am hosting for what seems to be the first time in a very long time today, and I have with me Jeremy. Hello, Kylie. And a special guest today, Pascal. Hello. Hey, welcome to the cast. We've been trying to, I've been always wanted to get you onto the podcast at some point because I've, we had some really insightful discussions, uh, you know, around the round oh, yeah. table at like Arda and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to get you on and, and you know, delve into this uh, legendary legion that we're looking at today. Yes. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at the uh, the Ringwraith uh, Legendary Legion, I believe it's called the Black Riders, so this is going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into that, Pascal, do you want to just uh, kind of give the listeners a bit of a background of your kind of hobby aspects uh, and uh, how you got into the hobby and stuff? Yeah, so first of all, as you already said, my name is Pascal. I'm a, a competitive player from uh, Germany, and we actually like met uh, the first time at Articon, I believe it was in 2018, had a very great yeah. uh, game. And as I've uh, said before, I'm like more or less into the like competitive aspect of the hobby, like uh, especially like tournament games. In fact, I like most of the games I actually play are at tournaments. I don't really have to have the time or the right opponents to do a lot of practice games. So um, yeah, well, that really is what. The aspect of the hobby I enjoy the most, like really traveling to the tournaments, meeting the people from all over the country and really uh, have very challenging games. And yeah, I've been actually doing this for quite a while now. I think the like competitive scene in Germany started again back in like 2015. I'm really like trying to, to get to as many tournaments I can uh, over the last like six, uh, seven years and doing so like rather successful and that's it. Yeah, well, I've I've definitely seen you, you know, uh, do get some pretty phenomenal results at some of these like massive, like nearly two hundred player tournaments uh, over in uh, mainland Europe. So it's super great to have you on today and have your experience too, because uh, one of the things we don't really often get much of on the podcast is some kind of different perspectives on the game, uh, particularly uh, from some of like the European metas and stuff like that. So thanks for coming on. Uh, and let's, I guess, uh, Jeremy, let's get straight into it. Yeah, let me just introduce the Black Riders. The Black Riders. There are many names given to the black swaved spirit-like creatures that make up Sauron's most deadly servants, Ringwraiths, Nazgul, the Black Riders, to name but a few. Regardless of the name used to describe them, the fact remains unchanged that they are the most potent and fearsome beings at the Dark Lord's disposal, devoid of all feeling and fueled by malice and their constant need to find and return the Ring of Power to their master. Millennia ago, the Ringwraiths were kings of men from across Middle-earth, each ruling over their own realm. When they were each offered a Ring of Power by Sauron, going by the guise of Anatar, they were told that within these rings were the strength and power to govern their kingdoms. Readily the kings took them without question, for men above all desire power. However, they had been deceived. In secret, Sauron had made another master ring, one to control and dominate all others. Through this ruling ring, Sauron controlled the kings of men, binding them to his will. Soon the former kings were no more than a shell of their former selves, all free thought and feeling stripped from them forcing them to endure a twisted and terrible form of life bound to the will of the Dark Lord. 
unable to die, yet not quite living, the Ringwraiths would serve Sauron without question, for they were so utterly corrupted by his power and unable to resist his rule. Throughout the history of Middle-earth, the Ringwraiths have ever been at the forefront of Sauron's legions, leading armies of orcs, men and other beings in Sauron's name against the free peoples of Middle-earth. The Witch King, the greatest of the Nine, waged war upon Arnor from his kingdom of Angmar in the north, corroding and slowly decaying the once great realm to naught but ruin and a distant memory. Even as Sauron tried to regain power from Dol Guldur, the Ringwraiths were ever at his side, even against the might of the White Council. At the time of the War of the Ring, Sauron had renewed his search for the One Ring and had begun searching high and low in the hope of discovering the location of the Ring. Eventually, Sauron learned of the whereabouts of the ring, managed to discover that a Baggins from the Shire had the ring thanks to the torturing of the creature Gollum. To retrieve the ring, Sauron sent forth the Nazgul from Minas Morgul, disguised as riders in black, to the Shire. Yet upon reaching Hobbiton, they discover that Frodo has left and begun his journey to Crick Hollow, so they set out once more. They will never stop hunting the ring bearer until the ring is reclaimed and the Hobbit who bears it is slain. Alright, so we're going to get straight into uh, this episode, guys, and we're basically, we're just going to run through the Backriders Legendary Legion. So we'll go through uh, its special rules and the participants in the uh, in the Legion. So obviously it's the Black Riders. so we have a grand total of two profiles we can select from, the Witch King of Angmar and a Ringwraith on Horse. So not much in the way of options. Uh, we do have a Morgul Blade uh, that we can select as one of like a, an extra options. And we do have the Might, Will, and Fate mechanic that all Ring Race have to, you know, kind of customize what level we want our Ring Race at. But uh, that's kind of like the baseline what we've we've got there. Obviously, we have the Lich King of Angmar. He is a hero of legend in this Legion as well. And as we expect, the Legion can only include a maximum of nine models because it is a nine model Legion. That's how many Ring Race there were. Jeremy, if you'd like to run us through the first couple of special rules for us. Absolutely, I do. So the special rules for the Black Rider Legions, we start off with Terror in the Night. A model in range of between four to six models from this force, which they should be, with the Harbinger of Evil special rules suffers an additional one to the Courage value. A model in range of between seven and nine models from this force, that's the dream, isn't it? With the Harbinger of Evil special rule, suffers an additional two minus to their courage value. So you get to stack Harbinger of Evil. That's that's very nice. And that's one that, that every time you have multiple Harbinger of Evils, you always feel a little bit ripped off. So it's great to, to use that one. So that's 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 a good fun. And, and we'll comment on whether we like them or not later. But, but I, I actually like that one. Spoiler. The Screech of the Nazgul. This one is each Ringwraith can once per game cast the channeled version of Transfix Magical Power without declaring a heroic channeling. <laughs> this magic power is automatically cast, ugh, count, counting the result as a six, and no will points are expended. That's just pure insanity. Target models can make a resist test as normal. Make sure you note which of the Ringwraiths have it. Yep, go for it. So once per game, you're getting a cast on a six Transfix channeled uh, magic power, which is, which is huge because that used to be the dream to be able to just get that power off on a six, that was that was the one, and with no will points expended as well. So, so you can do this when you're hanging around on one will, ready to, to vanish. Just just heroic channeled transfix, very 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 nice for the the ringwraith player. Not nice for anyone else in the game. Uh, the will of Sauron, friendly ringwraith models do not lose a will point for being in combat per the will of evil special rule. Oh my 
there's no downside for being a Wraith anymore. And the last one is Hunt for the Ringbearer. So at the start of the fight phase, before other heroic actions are declared, if it would be possible for a friendly Ring Wraith model to charge an enemy model with a one ring following a successful heroic combat, that Ring Wraith must declare a heroic combat without spending might. Without spending might. I thought this was going to be a negative. No, it's not. Only one Ring Wraith can declare a free heroic combat this way per turn. If successful, blah, 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 charge it, go go after it. So free heroic combats against models of the ring bearers. Well, ring bearers are going to be dead against this one anyway. So good luck. Good luck getting that. So all very positive results. And some of them take away that, that negative, that, that scary part of being in Nazgul. Cause, cause whenever you played the ring rave armies, Kylie, I remember you were always worried about running out of will for combat. You had to really pick your combats. Now to not do that, you can just do as many combats as you want. Seems pretty good. Seems very good. Losing like their kind of their hallmark special rule, and we, we've talked about this at length on the podcast in some of our other episodes about like game design and uh, what we think is like good design rules and stuff like that. The the will of Sauron that 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 will point mechanic is kind of their the hallmark mechanic, and they've kind of just gone, yeah, we don't like this mechanic anymore. Let's do away with it, and it's just ascended Ring Race into this like new stratosphere of like playability. Yeah, I think the way it's like ruled now without losing will in the combat, it actually like makes it playable in that situation. That you also like really can't you need you really need uh, to spend all your will points to do to do magic to do really uh, to really affect the battlefield to kill models to transfix models and uh, still like fight because you only have nine models. You have nine models with only one attack. You you got the charge bonus, so you're actually able to do something. But I feel it's uh, there. There are. It's like not the the biggest issue with uh, this this legion. Maybe uh, there are possibilities to to twist this a little. Maybe like only not losing will while still on the horse. I think that would be a cool fix. Um, but overall, I don't think that this is the biggest problem of the legion. No, no, I I I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm just going to go out uh, on a on a limb for both of you. Do you think the biggest problem with this legion is the the stacking of the harbinger? Kylie, I'm going to answer that one first. Why do you assume I think there's a problem with this legion? Like, do you not think my dream is to have every table all black riders all the time? Like, this is Lord of the Rings, black riders going everywhere. So imagine, imagine going to an event and it's just all black riders. Wouldn't that be amazing? I, I feel like you you haven't played the legion then, Jeremy. <laughs> Just fun. I'm really looking forward to the first mirror match because I think that can like really be very interesting. Oh, I think it's hard to track down what actually is like the biggest problem. Of course, they all add together. Like the minus uh, to the courage is like very, uh, very obnoxious uh, because like things don't don't charge. Um, the screech really having having uh, almost uh, assured that if you want to transfix somebody, it is transfixed. I think it all like really adds together, and especially also the the ability. I think we are get to that point uh, later that. It is possible for the Legion to like end the game when you have mm-hmm. like the advantage in victory points. I think that is probably something that I, if if you really like w- want to do it, you can really abuse it. And um, maybe this shouldn't be in the game, but I think we'll we'll get to it later. Really, why it is so strong, what to do against it, and what our suggestions would be to really like change uh, things to make mm-hmm. it more fun and maybe a bit more balanced. Yeah, so why don't we take a little bit of a step back? Let's kind of like go through these special rules a bit methodically. So I wanna I wanna like focus in on Screech of the Nazgul, uh, straight up because 
Yeah. In my experience with with uh, this special rule, I've found it incredibly useful. Not not just for going at, at heroes, obviously, because you know you, you throw the the free channel transfix, which is eventually essentially you know two or three free will points and a free might point because you you, you get the free channel out of it too. So you're getting some extra uh, kind of quote unquote stats in there, but it's also useful for you know when you when you have to peel off some extra guys to allow your Witchkin to go into the leader and Morgul Blader or go into one of the scary models and, and Morgul Blader. And you can use the channel on even stuff like half trolls. I've used it on uh, a cheeky half troll or two to, to just, you know, parallel, get them down to, you know, uh, fight value three. So my race can actually fight them heads up and it can be very useful against sales if you need to pick off extra models. And, t- and t- yeah. what, what are your guys' uh, thoughts on the, um, on the screech? Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty versatile thing. Uh, one interesting thing is that really it gives your opponent a choice. And I've seen that people just don't attempt to resist it because they fear uh, the black darts coming in afterwards. So you uh, pop this one first and see what your opponent does. If like the big hero just says, oh, all right, I'm transfixed, um, then you can like uh, use use your will and your other uh, Nasku otherwise. And also uh, the possibility, I think, if did this once or twice when my Witch King was charged, for example, by Urukai Berserkers, who actually are pretty dangerous to, to Wraith, uh, just one dice at that point, uh, just to make sure the horse doesn't die, no, nothing's going to happen to my Witch King, just uh, transfix it down. I think the best part about it, that uh, it's not only free channel, but you don't have to declare a channel and uh, that really makes it a lot more flexible uh, to just react to what your opponent is doing also what what uh like the resist of the other spells were and just uh to to make something absolutely sure just uh take down that uh, screech and also um you get a lot more out of your nascal if you you have like another turn where, where you can use your spell and think you really burned through your will actually pretty fast if you like going for like two dice uh, or three dice on um, compelled black darts have wields or instill fears so you have another turn where you can like really do something very powerful with the wraith and overall it's obviously very good i, I think you hit the nail on the um on the head pascal it's it's a really good uh, lead spell so the kind of spell that you want to to kind of initiate a a, a combat or, or initiate a, an engagement because you can you can go in you know throw that free uh, free um, channel out and your opponent you know isn't going to know it's coming it's not broadcasted you can kind of play it as like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh trap card you know and right bang here, here goes my channel and your opponent's like oh okay uh, it's on a six automatically do I resist this or not because you've still got these other abilities that you can you know use to and weave around these these you know initiation spells and that's what i kind of like about it is it it's it's a good way to start a fight because one it's free and two it it starts off at that that big six which is really really crucial for for making your opponent second guess themselves as whether or not they want to actually resist the spell or not it's like uh just giving your opponent like two bad options either you like channel transfixed or you like need to spend at least maybe maybe two will and a might point uh and you don't have this to resist like the other spells that are potentially like more dangerous especially like the black dart because you like with nine raids you can like actually pretty surely if you want to just like black dart a hero in a turn and like almost every hero uh, like like argon or boromir that, that's ob- obviously very powerful, mm. and just to say, if the opponent says, I'd, I'd rather keep my will, then, well, ignore it in this turn and do something else. 
It's also a good way to just kill the heroes as well because because a channel transfix means that your ring wraiths are pretty much you get two of them in. You've probably got a good chance to to take down a hero as well in combat. So it does really keep you you guessing and because you've got nine of them going on and you know that this can be happening from anyone, it, it is such a such a bad choice for the the opponent to say, Well, maybe I'll try and resist one and then you've got like four more ring wraiths moving at you and, and they could pretty much if they want get it off. I'm not sure that I, I like this as a Legion design. I think it's a little bit too reliable for the Ring Wraith player because it's... I don't know if that's been your experience, Pascal, and I'll get your thoughts on that in a moment. But sometimes some of the fun of playing these is just that little bit of unsurety, like not knowing if it's going to work or not. And just having it, knowing it's going to work, feels a bit like Thrandall a little bit where it's great, but it's almost too good at times where you're just like, yeah, I, I know I'm going to do it. What's your thoughts on that one? Do you do you think it's too good or are you happy where it is? Well... In in a personal view, I'm obviously happy with where it is, and <laughs> really, I don't think I'm at the point right now to really uh, like balance it out compared to other like very powerful uh, legion. I think like the biggest problem this legion has is like playing scenarios. There's like a lot of scenarios yeah. with like 18 scenarios being now, where like about like 12 of them are objective based, and you only have nine models. So that's also mm. very True. like. From from the the start of the game, it's like a big puzzle. How can I solve this? How can I like sit at the end of the game at enough objectives to win the game? And to like really deal with it, you need the tools to really, like deal with heroes. And I think I'll I played like two big tournaments with it and did did like rather well, but really struggled obviously at the uh, objective based um, missions and to to really uh. Get 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 my my point of view. Uh, if this is like the top tier, and I think I'll need need two, one or two more tournaments and really play like the best players with the best mm. list, and then see what happens. Yeah, that's fair call. Fair comment. See, look, you see yeah. on the fence as well, like an expert here. Whereas I'm trying to bait you to say something silly, <laughs> yeah. but no, you just wouldn't give me anything. Okay, Kyle, you try. You try to get something out of Pascal. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you guys my thoughts. I, I do think that it's probably a little bit overtuned. I think the thing that really gets me is that it's that it's automatically cast with no expenditure of resources, right? I don't mind the free channel, but what I think would have made uh, it slightly more dynamic is if the Screech of the Nazgul was just a free channel. That was it. So you still have to commit your, your resources to it, but it, it allows you then... It means that, one, you're not getting that... It, extra spell out a turn, but it means you can be flexible too with how you're using the channel. It, it opens up a lot more deals too, because if, if you've got, say, nine free channels up your bag, uh, up, up your sleeve, and, you know, you, you're, you're up against an opponent, you can, you can try for some of the more wackier combos, like, you know, maybe go in for a couple of channel drain courage, maybe try and break your opponent, and instead of killing the enemy heroes, just try and get them to run away. Or you can, you can do stuff like, going with the black darts or, you know, set up compel plays and, and stuff like that. It, it's a little bit more dynamic. Yeah, go. I'm not sure if this doesn't, like, even make it stronger. If you, like, have guaranteed free channels, turn one black darts. But you would still need to, you would still well, need to commit your resources, your will points to cast yes, a spell. Yes, um, but if, if I, like, really re reach the goals I want to, it really like sets the emphasis on how much I can do a turn. So uh, if I can really like this, really opens up to kill like two heroes, pretty guaranteed, uh, in turn turn one with the uh, channel black darts. Um, yeah. 
maybe it's it's it open up open up some more possibilities also uh, with um the uh, channel i looked this up the instill fear where you are in in addition to uh to uh, just a courage test you get the courage with uh, three dice and uh, discard the the highest one makes it even more mm. powerful combined with the minus two or even minus minus three that models like almost automatically uh, run away um, i think it needs some some play testing but i think in the in the right situation it can be even worse yeah no i i agree with that i think i think pascal's onto it i think what you want to do is have these guys engaging and actually fighting and at least with the transfix yes it's it's really powerful but what it does is it doesn't kill a hero so you actually have to go in yeah. and you have to fish them out with the wraiths and charge them. What I would hate, Kylie, is yeah, nine channeled black darts first turn, taking out all your good stuff, followed by the second turn of another nine channeled black darts, taking out all your next row of good stuff for only one might each. So I, I do like that this is this is the one spell that the Ringwraith player still has to go and do some work with, whereas some of the other stuff, the spell is the work. So I like that. But Kylie, I think we should yeah. stay away from hypotheticals for this one. I think we should to deal with what we've got because we've already got so much stuff. I don't think we need to, to deal with changing it. Let, let's find out what we could do uh, with what uh, we've got. I, I hear I hear, I hear. I, I suppose this isn't the episode for spitballing no, no, uh, changes and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll try and uh, kind of rein in the tangents a little bit. Um, but we do have one other special rule, uh, Terror of the Night, or Terror in the Night, sorry, not Terror of the Night. I'm I'm thinking some other weird stage show stuff. My brain went to a weird place just then. But Terror in the Night, the stacking of Harbringers. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I this was the rule that really, really made me feel guilty about taking the Legion. Uh, Pascal, Jeremy? Kylie, calm well, down. You don't feel it's, guilty. It's at completely all. ineffective against orcs, uh, so they they all, all always had courage one. But but yes, it turns everything into orcs except elves. They are down just orcs without uh, the minus one. So uh, you get most opponents to uh, minus or like to courage one, and like some with courage five or higher to uh, then um, courage two. But it's it's not always really uh, the way that you uh, can set it up to to really have uh, the seven, because objective based missions you like have to uh, have to split your army and like be at multiple or uh, at once. So you can only um, with with the nine models you can have maybe you could groups of four and four um, or like most of the time I had like groups of uh, six and three, which which wasn't uh, like too effective with it um everything in this legion is very good but i'm not too sure if this is like the biggest problem but mm. it's very good obviously because um I'll, I'll try to break out a little bit uh this is going to go into a bit of a story time with with kylie uh for a, for a second here because one of the games that i did play with this legion um, I, I got a, I rolled, we rolled domination or we, we flipped into domination or whatever. I think I vetoed, um, like, uh, I remember I, I vetoed one of the other objective based missions cause I'm like, that one's even worse than domination. Um, and I, I went in with, into dominant, we went into this domination game and I managed to break my opponent and then win the game because I forced the majority of uh, my opponent's army to flee the table. So I went in, they had, I think it was about 34 models or something like that, 36, mid-30s, killed half, uh, you know, doing the, the min-maxing, you know, picking off the combats here and there, getting, getting a couple of kills here and there, you know, using the, the transfix and stuff to slow them down. Then once I got them broken, 
they they were in this precarious position because you've got rapes, you can use your transfixes and stuff to lock down any uh, um, standfast that they might have available, um, easily remove Thade and off the table to, to get rid of the bodyguard and stuff, and then yeah. suddenly all of these, you know, Rohan and Royal Guard were just running off the table because, you know, they've got yeah. Neg 1. Most of the time they had Neg 2 because you're able to, to, to set those bubbles up, but once they ran off the table, you know... It's it's actually quite easy for your ring ref to go in or and go. Oh, there's one guy left on this objective. Compel off the objective, and I'm going to sit on it. Oh, you off the objective, and I'm going to go sit on it. And sometimes you don't even need to force the game to end uh, by you going down to 25% um, and, and using that that cheap little combo that we were t- uh, talking about earlier. But force my opponent to get down to 25% because turns out when you have an entire army that's courage one and two with no stand fast, uh, things tend to run away pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I do think that 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 can be be very problematic, Kylie, for certain armies, and I think that comes down to the tactics against it, which we'll get to to a bit later on. But it, it is that's always been the problem with the the Nazgul, though, hasn't it? Because once you get to a certain point, and and you don't have any heroes around, courage tests do play a massive part. Yes, this speeds it up. Um, I I like the old scenario rule, of course, which was which was like for one turn of absolute abuse, like three minus or something like that for one turn. But this one. You're just going to have to deal with it, don't you? You can, if they're close together, at least you can try and engage a whole bunch of them. So there is some negative to it, but it's not it's not not great to play against. But you're just going to have to to deal with that. It's it's not going away, and and we're just going to have to make do. And as a wraith player, you're just going to have to maximize it, aren't you? You're just going to have to get them to that break and let them all run away, and hopefully you've got the right amount of points by then. And also, it's like not not too easy to break your opponent. Um, obviously, it depends on the army. Most of the time, you have to kill at least twenty models. Or 25 models. Armies between like 40 and uh, 50, 50 units. And um, either you, you focus on the heroes uh, with the Black Dyrus, then you aren't killing troops, or um, you uh, kill the troops with the Black Dyrus, then you need to get the heroes under control. And when the hero is still, still on the board, um, they also can like uh, set up the uh, standfast. So it's, it's, it's in, in theory, there's works very easy once once uh, the opponent's broken they all run away but like in practice i've had it like i think i played 10 games and i had it in one one or two games where it actually like went like this and everybody was running away in that situation there's also not not like too much you can do about it and you need to be on the objectives then really quick you have one maximum two turns uh until uh, from um from broken to uh, under 25 percent most of the time it like happens in a turn and um, you in that situation can't really get all the victory points. So obviously it's it's very good, but I think it it has a place in the legion. Yeah, it could definitely backfire on you, couldn't it, Kylie? Where the when that case where you you break an army too quickly and they all run away before you get time to finish the game. So yeah, look, it's 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 gonna gonna help and hurt both people. But I I don't think that's as bad as you say because I think I think it's gonna be all down to what they do to get to that break, and and maybe that's that's a little bit easier than it was, but. And, and look, as as you said, Pascal, black dart to kill troops. Please, please do that against me. Next time you play me, take this black legion and just do black darts against my troops. That would be the best thing you can do to me. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Oh, depends very much on your army. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of person that takes like hundreds of orcs, so it's probably not going to do a whole lot against my army. Yeah, uh, probably uh, I won't do it then. But I think uh, I did. In you, you need to. I think we're also getting to that later, but you need solutions against archers. Um, mm-hmm. Like dart is a very good solution. If your opponent has like 10 archers and you take six out of them uh, turn one, 
that's like uh, <laughs> dealt with most of the issues. True. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm. absolutely. I, I will. I will say archers can pr- prove to be quite a, a a big problem with this list. Um, not mostly for like picking off your heroes or, or, or your race or whatever, but mostly dehorsing them because that's that's yeah, the, yeah. the one thing that I found that this list relies on more than anything else is mobility. And I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say terrain as well. What's your thoughts around that? Do do you agree that this legion really relies on having you know big line of sight blocking terrain that they can break line of sight off so they can you know duck in and out, use their spells with impunity, and and choose and dictate to fast while using their uh, horses for the mobility. I think uh, both well, it's advantage to you and also advantage to your opponent. If there is a lot of line of sight blocking terrain, your can, opponent can very easily hide your heroes or, or their heroes. So if there is like somebody mentioned a thing in one of the groups, uh, a denator just la- a line uh, on the ground uh, at the edge of the board uh, inside the terrain, there's like no way for me to get there. And uh, there's like 20 bodyguard troops on, on the board. I can't do a lot about it. So that's, that's uh, very much an issue, but on the other hand, you can obviously uh, hide uh, very easy yourself um, and then march, compel into combat or something. Uh, I did this actually uh, against a, um, a Solon Helm's Deep uh, Legion, the the one with uh, two ballistas and uh, loads of crossbows. Um, we just uh, went uh, behind the train, uh, turn one, then marched all the way and uh, compelled the uh, the crew of the uh, ballistas so they couldn't shoot me, and ran a uh, instill fear into into the crossbows. Uh, so I uh, he got like uh, three shots and didn't kill a horse in that turn. Uh, so th- there is like possibilities um, to really use the terrain to your advantage, but your opponent can do the same, especially um, if they got elves in the woodland terrain or also like a lot of difficult to- terrain where I can't use the horses to my advantage. So I think it goes either way. That is a that is a move right there, Pascal. Compelling the yeah. crew away from the ballista and then instill fear in the cross... I'm going to have to remember that. That is... That is that is a trick for the toolbox. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I had in that situation, I, I had to split the army. So I had uh, like, uh, it, it was fog of war uh, and I had two yeah. that w- would would try to uh, slow my opponent's tr- uh, warband down that came after the objective in my half. So I had two at the back and one in the middle somewhere that was the one I needed to protect. So I need to get him out of sight. So I had like six raids uh, coming at his force. And I need to make sure that this works because if there's like one uh, ballista hitting me, it's like not game over, but I'm down on like at least three horses. So I couldn't like really uh, comfortably black dart them because if they one one black dart failed, and I had a lot of failed black darts in uh, the last in the tournament games. So if one black dart fails, I'm in a lot of trouble. So I really needed to make sure this works 100%. And I used uh, like then uh, three dice uh, compelled on a four plus and managed to to get off like the crew. So they only had like one crew and they couldn't shoot. And uh, then. I uh, really got got the uh, instill fear into like eight crossbows something, and uh, hit the the um so so you had the crossbows in a line so it was like then rather easy to to hide behind uh, his own models uh, so he only got like three shots with like two in the waist and didn't do anything. That's a solid yeah, solid game plan. I like it. I like it. Solid solid. That <laughs> that is that is my creative uh, creative mind flowing. That is. 
Oh, that's that's spicy, Jeremy. That's, that's yeah, spicy. I think that's that's one of the things I, I like the most about the Legion. Really sets up a, a very very big challenge for yourself. Uh, I felt there's there's like other armies that more or less like play for themselves. Mm. You got a got a shooting line with the with the horde with like fifty crosshairs, and you you come up against maybe maybe a weaker opponent or less experienced opponent turn one. You really just sit there, shoot, and win the game. And with this Legion, everybody really sets up a big challenge to you, and especially then also the scenario. You really need to figure out how to do things, how to do things the best. And um, I really like really enjoy the challenge in it. That's very true. And as long as you've got a willing opponent, which of course you do at a tournament because everyone signs up for that, everyone knows. And, and I think that's part of our problem, Kylie, at, at friendly games where we, where we try not to take this Legion is it's very much a puzzle game for the Wraith player. And it's it can be a lot of fun if you take it that way. So you get to solve these little little challenges that get thrown against you. And Pascal has mentioned one, and I'm sure we'll find some more throughout the episode. And that is really rewarding play. And I remember you doing that same process when you used to play this without the Legendary Legion. And there was those light bulb moments, wasn't there, where you're just like, I've I've got a solution for this real problem. And that that's rewarding. And that that's that's definitely a value. Yeah. No. This this uh, this Legion, hundred uh, percent, is 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 a delight to play with. And I think a bit where my, my issue comes with the Legion is it can be a very uh, draining experience for, for your opponent. Because the two times, admittedly, the two times I have played this with this Legion have been in kind of, you know, friendly-ish kind of, I mean, it's it's Australia. We, we have banter everywhere we go. But, you know, the, the friendly-ish games nights, you know, everyone's kind of mucking around, you know, just bringing what they're painting at the moment. I'm like, you know what? I haven't played with the Wraiths in a while. I want to see what the new Legion's like. And then, yeah, pulled it out. And it was just that, that, that moment where I looked, looked up from the table at my opponent and they just, they just had this look of just complete dread of, like, I can't yeah. do anything. I literally can't do anything. You know, I've lost my Theoden. Gambling is dead. Um, my army is five models away from broken, and I can't charge these buggers. And that kind of repeated itself in the next game as well. Even though I was up against elves, and they they were sitting, you know, kind of bunkered down. There was some forest on the table and, and stuff too. But you know, they lose Thranduil. You know, Leilus gets pinned down, and you're still able to grind out a, a, a out a win because even even elves with their their massive courage of five. Drop a minus two on them on top of Harbinger, and they go down to courage, you know, two and three. So it's it's it can be even really hard for some of the the, the brave troops just to to get in yeah. and, and just try and hurt you because like it's, what are you what are you doing? Uh, really, really, it's it's really not the legion for the uh, friendly games. Mm. I agree. I think that's the case with a lot of legions, though. I think I think sometimes you just want to set some boundaries for it. Are we playing legions? Are we not? Or, um, but yeah, this is definitely just a bit of a warning against it because you, you can kill someone's two hours of enjoyment if they haven't optimized their lists. Like for a tournament, everyone's taking the hardest stuff they can, so so that's that's all fine. And if they're not, they're not really expecting to win. But yeah, yeah you've definitely got to to yeah. take the measure. But Kylie, that happens at every games night that you do. You, you look at your opponent, they've got that, that, that look of like resignation, not, like, oh, I can't do a thing. It's not just not, not Not all the time, Jeremy. Sometimes I, you know, take little handicaps in my list, like take Gundabad <laughs> Black Shields or intentionally play 50 points down or something silly like that. Or, or as I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, sorry, a couple of, I don't know, a couple of months ago, uh, Earlier this year, uh, in like February or whatever it was, um, I, I forgot to put a captain down on the table. So, not always playing hard mode. 
But you can you can use this legion in the friendly game line and set yourself the handicap that if the horse dies, the model's dead. Mm, I like that. That would Ooh. be, that would be challenging. Yes, I'm. I'm. You know what? I might. I might try that. I might try that. I, I need to find a willing opponent though. Maybe maybe Jacob or something. Jacob Jacob would be down for that yeah. that kind of shenanigan. I will. Sure, but like, I'll, I think I'll take uh, you coming easy. coming coming back to the like tournament uh, situation. Mm. I think mm. especially is the issue. Uh, I think that there are two issues. The like obvious issue is if a player is really like willing to enter game at every advantage and say I'm like even with a break and I'm five four in the lead, I'm going to enter game. Yeah. Uh, I would like never do it unless it's like the only way. If if the tide is like really swinging and I see. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to lose the game. I'll then, like, take the five four. But especially in in Germany, we have a scoring system that really rewards um every victory point. So like a five uh, four is like almost as a draw. It's then like twelve to you, eight to your opponent, and um not like I think other systems use either major win and minor win or like football, like three for the win and one for draw, zero for the loss. So here it's all about like getting the biggest win getting all the victory points and denying your opponent victory points so i i'll play like 10 10 tournament games and i only ended the game on purpose in one game because there was like no no other option i faced um a like hard counter in the bad scenario and my opponent like did a big uh, mistake in deployment so i like then took it but um so the the, the i think that's that's the first problem. If there is really a player who's willing um, to just end the game it, at every possible situation, that's mm. like for me it wouldn't be also wouldn't wouldn't be fun. We we like set up for the game for two hours and well I'm I'm done in like ten minutes. Mm. That that's a very negative game um, play experience. But um, I think the other issue when we were talking about like playing uh, round one against like less experienced opponent maybe um, where they like really feel I can't do anything. But I think that's like not problem of this legion. I think it's it's problem yes. of a lot of other competitive yeah. um, armies, a lot of competitive players, where especially like shooting lists, um, where you can't really do a lot, and you more or less going to lose lose the game. And I think that that's not a unique problem of this legion. Yeah, look, I've got it. Uh, that one, um, I've got a solution for it, which I'm going to propose to you two, because you two are, are ring rave specialties. That second one, I don't care about that, because the inexperienced player is pretty much always going to lose against an experienced player, unless something really goes wrong, or there's a big stuff up or anything, because it it's a game that rewards... Well, the players. dice just decide, yeah. you know what, I'm going to absolutely betray you, and not allow you to roll a single six this game. Yeah, but... but... And I actually think that... So, sorry, and I actually think that with this list, with the Black Riders, it's like way much more of a challenge and there's way more that can go wrong. Mm. It's obviously, it's it's raids. They only have like one uh, one wound to fade. They can like die with one arrow. And they're, it's like not very likely, but if one of your nine models is dying in a very bad situation that can, can mean like three victory points gone. And um, that really... You need to play close to perfection to really get good results. Mm. So, how about this one for a for a, a perhaps a rule that the tournament organisers could put in? What if we said that the ring rafes cannot intentionally bring themselves down to zero will? I would be fine with it. Kylie, what do you think? I. Now, you're going to show your true colours, aren't you? You're going to say no, but that's my only tactic. 
Why? What other army could just suicide themselves? What? What other model yeah, of the game no, could just it's, destroy it's, it? It's 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 true. And like I, I'm I'm thinking I'm I, I'm thinking back to some of the other games um, that I played um, with this list, both pre Legion, post Legion, old edition, and, and whatnot. And I, I distinctly remember there have been some some times where I've looked at my opponent across the table and looked at the scenario and say it's like reconnoiter against a um. 50 model of uh, like 70, 80 model goblin army, and you're like, I can't win. Like, it's it's nigh impossible to, to beat that kind of an army with, with, with what I have in front of you. But at the same time, you go, but if I can suicide, I can probably cheese it and get the win. So it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's like, it's one of those questions of like, I, Saying saying yes, you or sorry, saying no, you can't, you know, wink out of existence. Will hand automatically hand the win to the opponent in some situations. But by the same flip side, if you say yes, they are allowed to wink out of existence, then that hands the win automatically to the wraith player um, in some scenarios. And. Yeah, it's 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 an awkward one. Now, I would I would love to be able to play the Legion and not have to to do that. And I think that it, it comes back a little bit more to the scenario design rather than the Legion design. That's the problem here. So I would tentatively say I would love to see that rule be implemented, <laughs> but. At the same time, seeing that rule implemented would probably shy me away from taking the Black Riders. See, you're the problem, Carly. It's you. You're the problem. I'm always the problem, Jeremy. (laughs) We already knew this. Yeah, I think one could could maybe say uh, you can do it with like maximum of one wraith per turn because there, there are sometimes there are the situations in the in the late game where you like need need one model. Uh, you're like out of will with most most of your models and say I really need that spell and I'm willing to sacri- sacrifice wraith for it. And maybe like especially then in the end game, you could get more control of um, when the game could end. Um, but it's like not not. Um, Making it possible to like end the games in ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. Uh, actually, I think that's that's probably actually a good, a very good middle ground. Having it so that only one model, one wraith can wink out of existence to turn. I think we'll get very close to to solving that problem. To to the goblin town, I think especially like now with instill fear in play, um, it, it's like very possible to um, it's like not not sorry in your advantage, but. Especially with, with time, I think it's probably possible to like get two models off and then um, like stall your opponent, uh, or even like get to the situation where you can break and uh, then um, like take the game, or at least uh, like prevent your opponent from like getting anywhere close to your board edge. Depends also on the terrain, but I wouldn't like really rate it as an auto lose for the Black Riders. Mm. Yeah, I'm also I'm also just remembering um, now uh, that. That that particular tournament that I'm thinking of uh, had six by four tables, so it was a lot right, harder, yeah. a lot harder to defend with yeah. you know, models than a four by four table. So I think that probably also plays played a lot into the mathematics that were going into my head at that point too. 
Yeah, but a, a good game there, Kylie, would have been you had to get your models off quickly and in the game. It, that would have made it a fun game, not not you just well, do a leader kill. Again, that's out. that's that's what I think. Um, the 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 that reconnoiter scenario probably should be. It shouldn't be models dead. It should be models off the table. That way, you can actually you know outright and get your models off the table rather than you know. Oh no! Oh no! Get a couple of guys. Was, I think that this was the case um, some time back, or I think the German translation back then wasn't like really clear, and there were a few tournaments where you like really uh, played it that way, and you like had your all-mounted Rohan army off the table, and the game ended, or even even worse, the the flying circus, the four uh, for fell beasts. I, I don't or Smaug. I think that that's that's not not a not a very good. Game. I think Recon is. Um, I, I didn't like really li- like the scenario before, like because of that. But the way it is written now, I think it's it's very much enjoyable. Mm. I just think the points are around mm. the wrong way. I think it should be higher points for getting models off and less for like the leader kills and and break tests. I think they're they're not quite right around that way. I know it's still, it's higher than it used to be, but I don't have a huge problem with that one. But yeah, getting back to this this legion, we've gone through we've gone through lots of things that we find problematic and that sort of stuff. But Pascal, can we get you to just go through like some of your basic tactics? So can we like name a a a situation and you tell me what your plan in this situation? Is that something that we can do? I think it's it's very abstract, but I can I can try. Okay, I okay. Let, let's start off. Let's what, start. What you... Let's start with a very basic one. So you're going against right. a, a domination scenario type scenario. I know there's like three of them now, where you're just trying to sit on five objectives at the end of the game, yeah. And you're up against a pretty standard, like almost horde army. So like one of those armies where you've got a good amount of models. What are you playing? Eight hundred points for this one? Are you? That sounds a bit yeah, yeah, at yeah, least eight hundred points. Okay, so you you are roughly that. There's there's fifty models four heroes and all the troops are a decent quality but not amazing they're just they're just okay guys sort of that ministerith level level what's your strategy all right, what's your yeah all right ministerith so i guess they they have bodyguard mm, yes they do yes they do so mission number 1 get rid of the bodyguard because that's like really what you need to uh to play also like depends where your opponent sets up i think ministerith they maybe maybe have some bows not like too much but maybe like 15 bows at that level so they're going to sit back um also like depends where's terrain on the board so maybe get the first turn behind terrain maybe get a few few spells off already if your opponent is like aware of what they're doing they they're going to like hide their leader Maybe a Denator, maybe a Faramir, maybe mm. Boromir. Uh, so it gets um, gets tricky then. Um, but it depends uh, how. What do I need to really, uh, really get get to the leader? And um, if it really uh, is the situation where it's like at the edge of the board, terrain, troops, I can't get there, and then. I would probably like first of all focus on the archers, like, like maybe uh, get get a few of the um, if the rangers out, or then also seeing um, how many bodyguards does he have. If he has like eight, I'll take them. If he has like, I had an opponent who had sixteen guard of the fountain <laughs> guard, and I was like, leader was Boromir, and he had a, had a Galadriel uh, who was uh, channels um, fortify spirit on Boromir. So I would I, I can't can't get it, and I'm not going to. Um, 
get get the black darts uh, through 16 bodyguards. So that was actually the game where where I disappeared because my opponent was also was not domination was a breakthrough, and he set up like right at the board edge and um, like didn't move forward. So all the objectives were like uh, in reach of me and he couldn't do anything so that was the big deployment mistake um but get, getting back to your situation yeah objective number one try to get the leader objective number two either the archers or the bodyguard depending on what uh, threats me more and that situation where if, if your opponent like really sets up within his own board edge it's the in initiative on the opponent so he he needs to get to me because there's like the objectives uh, in in like uh, my uh, my uh, side with middle one, and if I have the possibility to control um, three objectives, I'm in lead. Um, mm. So then also like reacting what your opponent does, waiting for a mistake, for an exposed hero, kill that hero, and in a situation where he maybe like uh, hides the leader and has another hero at the back, there's like maybe two heroes moving forward. I can like take them out pretty pretty uh, pretty safe. And suddenly he has no might with his uh, fighting force, so I've controlled there. And if um, if it's like a horde army with Gondor, I'm at the high fight value, so there's no like um, banner of Boromir uh, and fight five troops, so I can then happily engage. Hmm. Um, so that that would pro probably in, in that abstract situation be the way I'd approach that game. Mm. See, this I know it's abstract, but we've got to imagine it being realistic because yeah. we're we're in the audio um, audio format, so we can pretend we've played yeah. these games. We could just say whatever we like. Yeah, it's happening right in front of me. Uh, okay, so my next challenge, Pascal. That yeah, that would really well, and that's that's probably what I would do as well. That Denethor or whoever's powering up that bodyguard, that's target number one, and I'll happily sacrifice a couple wraiths to get rid of that bodyguard. But then again, you say there's only eight bodyguard troops, you can just start killing them shoot them with the black dart or or knock yeah. them out with your horses, trample tramp on them and then let the courage do the work and just go get those objectives. Okay, the next one is an army that's as fast as you. So we're talking about like a mounted Rohan army maybe. There's some Harrod armies that do this. Maybe um, Khans, Khans with some yeah. chariots or something like that. Yeah. yeah. An army that matches you in speed so you can't just, just dominate there and also has a good amount of shooting, so speedy shooting. What's your, what's your plan in this one? Uh, let's give you a scenario. It's going to be the uh, the banner scenario. So it's a straight fight. You just have to earn points by killing it's leaders' banners. So yeah, yeah. to the death. He, he has, probably he has a banner. I don't have a banner. So I like really need to get across the board, need to like find terrain to like really try and not get shot. And um, with uh, to the death, I think objective number one is also the leader. In a situation like this, he probably has a like very expensive he um, like hero leader, so it's not really going to help him to like hide it, hide the hero. But he probably has to do it anyway, so he has to hide the banner. So um, the troops protecting the banner. So there's there's a good chunk of the army who's like not doing anything all game, and just trying not to die. That that's like positive to me. I think Kant is the big issue uh, with the chariots um, mm. because uh, then um, he ignores the, the carriage and can just charge. So I need to like black dart the uh, units atop the chariot. So if it's like a basic chariot, it's easy. If it's a captain or king, it's a bit more difficult, but it's definitely doable. The issue with uh, mounted uh, units is that um, I really can't do reliable uh, combat damage because there's like one dice against one dice. 
there's not going to there's not a lot that's going to happen so in that situation if uh, i maybe ha have the uh, the um the hero objective already i can like then really start uh, going to may maybe even even black dart uh, the uh the troops maybe trying to get get him uh, to to break in because in that situation he with an all mounted army he's maybe got 25 models maybe maybe 30 if he's core it out a little bit more but that's also that's doable then like if if he's going to break um that's really advantage to me because on the other side he also even if he get, uh, gets like two horses and i think that's really the maximum he he should probably do I think what people underestimate is that's like very hard to kill raids, especially if uh, you have issues of charging them. I think with a mounted force, it's a bit, bit easier, mm. but especially like troops on foot, if you maybe always fight against two or even three, it's really hard to get that sixes or six by fours. Um, so even a Nazgul on foot who lose their horse maybe um, after the charge turn one tend to survive uh, quite, quite a long time. And in, in the long run, I probably am at the advantage. And if he breaks, he's going, going to run. So that's probably the way I'd approach that game. Mm, that's that's solid as well. And I like your advice against the Kandish Chariots as well. Because, yeah, I was just thinking about it. Those, those, anything that can charge or do damage without doing that courage test is going to be scary for, for a Ringwraith player. Yeah, yeah. And something like a Chariot, you could they could get lucky and take out um, a couple guys in a turn if they roll really well. Or um, Yeah, yeah. So... Oh. They can take a horse, mm. but but I, then it's it's like they what do, do they have do they then three attacks on the charge? I think so. Yeah, they, yeah. The, so, ones, the hero ones have three attacks. The non-hero yeah. ones have two. The king has four, I believe. And the king's also fight six, so no, he not, he needs to get black guarded. Uh, he, yeah. he, uh, he he was he was uh, fight six before, was he? He was fight six, and then they brought him down to fight five, but they oh. offset the fight five oh. with the third attack. Mm. Yes. L. Yes. Yes. I'm looking at the rules now. Yes. He is. Uh... Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, so he needs to die first uh, with the black dart. Yeah. The, one of the scenarios that, that does my head in at times is anything that has that maelstrom of battle. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but these guys are all separate warbands, aren't they? Is that right, Pascal? Yes. Yep. So what? What's your plan there? Just say you get priority that first turn. So you're plonking guys down on first. And you've got, say, you know an army that's going to come up against you is one of those bodyguard armies. So charging is not going to be an issue second turn or whatever unless you can get really nasty with the, the black darting. So this is, this is always my concern when you go down first and you have a, an army like this where people could just gang up on a couple guys and just take them out really easily. What's your plan there? So just so the scenario is just... Yeah. It's one of those run-to-the-middle ones. It's, it's not, not a big thing scenario. It's a maelstrom, and the army is one that's a threat in combat to you. So they're one that, that turn two, they're going to be jumping in and probably killing some wraiths. So it doesn't matter what army, but that's that's what they're going to do. And mainly infantry force going to kill you in combat. Yeah. Mm, so if I've got priority, try to roll in the Witch King first, and then get as many raids as possible around the Witch King. So ideally I have like the Witch King and... Or... Also, group of five is also already like very dangerous. So he needs like more than one warband to deal with it. And then, well, it's entirely possible to to be like very um, wide across the board. Also, have maybe like one or two raids who are not coming in. So you have you have one or two raids that are off there alone. That's I think you spend spend maybe maybe uh, one might point each with uh, some of the raids to to get around to Witch King. Let's say I have like the Witch King in four, 
and then that's like that then there are two all, all across the board and two that are not not coming in at all so then obviously depends on what my opponent's doing next turn if he maybe manages to get like two warbands with a bodyguard and good troops like right right behind the witch king maybe I've, I've got it down set up that he can't charge the witch king directly so i've got the rates uh, in front and then obviously depends on a heroic move off if i win i just kill black dart hero and like then run to the middle if he manage, manages to get it he's probably like binding three or four rates in that situation i can't do a lot about it but if it's like actually hold ground and i should uh, then naturally break um with my opponent or with my opponent or then just killing killing like three rates turn one I'm faster in the middle, and I can then with command and instill fear set up shenanigans. So I am at the middle. I hopefully manage to get a leader wound or leader kill even. And I've got two two troops in the middle, and he does not have any. And then the game ends before he can't really get to the middle. Um, so if I'm really in a bad situation, I think that's the best one can do. Mm, yeah, that that is pretty handy. You can do the instant game. Uh, disappear as well, isn't it? Because if you just get one guy on the objective and then make everyone wink out, that's going to be a pretty nasty result. So um... yeah, it's it's a one and one and two game end uh, at oh, broken, so oh, it's so like it's not hundred percent guaranteed. But yeah. um, I think if I would only then do it if it's like in the in a bit situation. Maybe if he if he kills turn turn two four of the rates, like that's not not going to happen most likely. But um, if he manages to do that. I'd probably then go with one of the other raids and say, well, uh, I'm going to disappear um, to, to make me 100% broken to get, get like another another uh, turn with one or two rolling with me in the middle. And probably at least in the third turn, the game's going to end, most likely. And um, I have enough time to uh, like set up my opponent so he does not come to the middle. So that's probably mm. what I'd, I'd do in that like uh, situation. Yeah. yeah, and one one thing that's also like uh, very um, annoying in the situation where Nazgul then just use all the will to disappear that uh, they can with the spell instill fear they can do it without having a target because all the other spells like need you to be somewhere around other models you can like, target oh. with mm. your spell and instill fear which is oh. like n- no no target yeah, range yeah. and uh, just just do it even if there's no model around. And oh wow! Can, yeah, <laughs> that's that's sneaky. That's really sneaky. I I like that a lot. Like the the inner competitive player in me, which admittedly is most of me, um, absolutely adores that that little trick. That is that's another one for the toolbox, man. No, don't you me that there's, there's a lot of a lot of things for the toolbox, and I'm what i'm doing so in the in the scene we we had like two big tournaments going on it was one of the uh, like championships in the federal states was baden württemberg at 950 points with uh, 60 players uh, i think i became fifth and then was uh, last week uh, hessen with we, we played 866 points uh, with 40 players and i won that one so i think in the nice. community right now um people are really like seeing this as an issue i need to come up with uh, something against the Black Riders for the next tournament, and I'm thinking, should should I? It would be would be like really funny if uh, people showed up with uh, counter armies and I just played something different. Um, but I, especially also with like me giving away some of the uh, tactics like right now, um, that it's going to be, to be a lot more challenging, a lot more open. I think overall <laughs> that that's a good thing. 
Don't worry, no, no, no one listens to this. This, sorry, sorry, you're safe. There won't be anyone in the scene that that, that knows about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, pretty that's, sure that's... one or two people are going to share it, and here is how you beat the Black Riders. <laughs> well, maybe we should tell. Not... Yeah, but that's that's really cool that you you are taking this these kind of this this kind of a list into a competitive to- like, tournament like that because I think I think it's really important and really healthy for tournament scenes to have unexpected lists and new ways like weird wacky armies to to come in and and just maybe not outright destroy the scene or win games although sounds like you've already done that with uh, with with one of the tournaments that you've you've been to like, but just not, kind of sh- not destroying the scene yeah, yeah just just shaking it up a little bit just making yeah. it just that little bit uneven for people so they're not feeling confident and not feeling comfortable and i think that's really important there's a lot of story elements and there's a lot of really cool models in the game that should be seen more often and played more often and, and i think Having players like yourself coming out and playing these lists is is really good because it encourages people to play other kind of weird, wacky stuff too. Mm. I think we can uh, come to it at the end uh, with possible counters and things yeah. that also already um, already uh, started to appear and are going to to appear like yes. in the next tournaments that are very effective against or set up like additional challenges. But I think um, we'll just continue with this section and then uh, come back to it later. I think so, and that that's sort of what I want to go towards the end, and and we can talk about talk about that. I'm curious, Pascal. Last one you said, um, basically your whole army is set up to defend the Witch King. Is that because the Witch King has the most points in it, or is that because the Witch King's your leader, or a bit of both? Um, yeah, mostly about the leader because um, you you really have to have a game plan and to see where do I get my VPs and where do I deny my opponent my VPs, and Witch King is like two VPs in that situation, so it's like naturally that I need him like protected because he's actually worth it worth something and my opponent is trying to get those VPs. Mm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Is that almost a standard? So whenever you're deploying in the back of the mind you're like, I can lose anyone except the Witch King? Is that is that your thought process for most scenarios? Uh yeah, most likely. And the other thing you mentioned, he's he's like also obviously the one with the most will and I like in, in the most situation I really try to to keep him safe behind the lines. And then have like a lot of will, especially late game, to do things when the other raids are like burned out, and that also like helps obviously. But um, well, there are there are some scenarios where like the leader does not give any VPs, and I think there's actually like it's not like only one of them, and it's like something you do like very naturally, and then at at the end of the game you think about it, oh, he wasn't worth any VPs, <laughs> but. I think it's it's like in both situations, both intentionally and unintentionally, uh, a good good way to have a, like one model sitting back, uh, maybe even out of a heroic move range, and then reacting to what was what happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with that too. Um, for, honestly, for both players, both as as the as the Witch King, um, uh, sorry, as the Ringwraith player, you definitely want one, maybe even two Wraiths sitting as that reactionary force, whether it be to to call a heroic move that you need for your your side, or, or be that reactive spell it, when the heroic move roll offs come through. But playing against the Wraiths too, I think it's also important to have a, a reserve backline hero that's a little bit more safe, a little bit more protected, that's a bit harder to get in. Elven Cloaks are, are, are helpful in that regard too, to keep them safe from Black Darts. Just so that you have something that you can use as a counteracting um, force, particularly if you've left like gaps in your line and stuff uh, and, and creating avenues 
to get into the race. Having one hero at the back that can has the potential, maybe they'll get transfixed or whatever, but has the potential to countercharge in and call a strike can really make the ring rate player just, just double yeah, think you, about how they want to go in. Yeah, you eat at least two or three uh, spells to deal with that issue, to like prevent it. So it just sets up another another problem that I need to solve. And mm. um, I think that's also uh, like a, a thing as the opponent, you need to be aware of that you're like really trading off things. You get this for that. And I think there was one situation uh, in the game. My opponent had a very tough army with a Dane, a Thorin, and Dwalin, like uh, 40 dwarfs in total. And we had an objective scenario that was like like very tough in the first place. And I think in the first round, I burned 28 will against uh, Thorin, oh. which was like 140 points worth of will. And I actually didn't manage to kill him because of some unlucky uh, uh, wound rolls of one that I couldn't might. Um, but I think it's like a trade-off and you need to be aware of it. If I have the possibility to trade my hero for a lot of will, that's a lot of will that's gone and my opponent can't do anything with it anymore. Mm. So um, same in that situation. I, I set up my hero and there is a problem for the ringwraith play that has to be solved first because before... Troops can be black darted, or troops can be transfixed, or troops can be like instill feared. And I think if one gets aware of the way to play against, or not, it's not the like the solution to play against, but it's a way to play against to to trade off things. And you you don't treat your hero as the piece that's going to um, be alive for the whole game, but maybe as the piece that's going to annoy the raids for one or two turns. And um, eats up a lot of spells and therefore buys uh, the uh, the rest of the uh, army some time. Mm. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent agree. When the race, like when any race hits the table, it turns into a resource game about trading resources. And when when you're up against the Black Riders, yeah. that 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 doubles in in kind of the the overall strategy for both players. You need to make sure that you're getting efficient trades with your might and will against the race might and will because. Every time you can tax the Wraith play an extra point yeah. of will here and there, or particularly an extra my point, that decreases the Wraith player's ability to be proactive on the table. And the more away, the more you take away that proactive, that ability to initiate, that ability to engage and control the tempo of the game, the better you are uh, going up against them. Yeah, uh, I think the green dragon, green dragon saying would be to trade uh, like uh, tempo for resources. <laughs> yep, that's yes. the one. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Kylie, it that's works. You got it. Got it stuck. <laughs> yes, it's stuck. It's 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 we're worldwide, baby. We're worldwide. Have we moved on to tactics against them? Is that what, what I'm hearing yeah, at the moment? I think. I think we are. I think mm. we're definitely into tactics against. Um, we, we, we've kind of already gone into you know some of the resource training and stuff is there any is there any particular kind of um setups like not particularly models that you come up against pascal but setups a way of arranging um your opponent arranging their army that really frustrates you as a um as a ring rave player i think uh, that if uh, the opponent manages to um set up in a very wide uh, way where you where, where he has a lot of space between the models so like um uh, um well a cavalry, cavalry base does not fit uh, in between but it's like um more space covered instead of uh, if every like, 
typical battle line and base contact. So that's obviously a situation where like traps can happen more easily, where your opponent also um, can react to like failed courage tests and get models in. So like every situation where he, he he has the possibility to get more models in than I want him to, I can't really do do a lot of things about it. Especially like a wide wide setup battle line with like bows at the back. Um, Shields, a lot of shields, a lot of uh, like other than shielding is very annoying, and also uh, battle lines that have additional spears, also uh, like more than 50 50, where you uh, really have the situation one goes in and the model next to it has a spear, gets back, so that's another dice against, and that's like like basic troop tactics you can do against them. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the basic troop tactics against the Wraith because every time I play it against a list of this style, any hero that I put within 12 inches of the Wraith ends up being a hero that I don't own anymore. So I make sure that, <laughs> that the heroes are almost that second wave. You two talked about having a Wraith as a second wave. I love to use the heroes as a second wave. So I set up and I, I pushed forward exactly yeah. that screen tactic you talked about, Pascal, where I go, whatever it is, 38 millimeters apart for all my troops precisely because I'm that, that accurate at, at guessing... The, the distance. I just make sure the cavalry base doesn't fit through, yeah. and I just push them forward, yeah. and I try to make sure I'm always within 12 inches of wraiths with my troops, because that way, if the wraiths have to come forward, then I'm two turns. I'm a I'm a, yeah. a, a two turns of just getting something in, and once I get into combat with a wraith, I've got a chance. It's not a good chance, but it's a chance, and that's when when I'm trying to annoy a wraith player. That's the thing I'd like to do is just get basic troops in combat with them because it's a bit of a, a lose-lose situation because yes they can go and they can kill that troop but they have a hard time they actually find a really tough time especially if i charge them they have a tough time killing yeah. just normal troops and i can just clog them up and if i if i get to charge them off a heroic move or something then they don't get to do a spell and that's the best way to counter yeah. these races stop their spells yeah i think um as you mentioned that, I think we need to get like back really quickly to the tactics with uh, mm. that um, is extremely annoying to Black Dire the model uh, that has uh, charged another model before and therefore like setting model free again. I think that mm. was something <laughs> that was changed uh, in the uh, latest edition of the rules of that model uh, that was previously in combat, but the target died uh, due to Black Dart is free again and you can really like change this up um, if in the ideal situation, you only have one Wraith free, um, you Black Dart another Wraith, Black Dart the Wraith next to it, and so and so on. Uh, that can like extremely frustrate your opponent, also needs your opponent, uh, especially for key models, to, to get at least two in combat to prevent this. And um, you, there is, in a lot of situations, not a lot of uh, of uh, what you can do about it. And especially with, with the spells uh, chaining, you set a model free, that model goes away, maybe compelled, maybe black darts another model, and suddenly you have your like three, four models that where your opponent really like thought about how can I charge them and what can I do, and now they're suddenly all dead and your and the rates are free. And I think if uh, you can, as the player of the Black Riders, really abuse this situation, that's, that's a very a good good tactic to use. Yeah, it is, but I'm actually not. I'm not going to cry if the Ringwraith has to resort to this because that's probably one of the less reliable spells that they can cast. It's it's quite resource-intensive sure, yeah. if you want it to be reliable. So we're talking about potentially extra will to cast and potentially yeah. extra might to guarantee the, the wound. So wound, yeah. I, I, 
if if the ring ref player ha- absolutely has to do this, if they're stuck doing that, I'm probably doing something right, and it might not work, but it's it's could be my best chance. So I'm actually I'm a big fan of that. If I manage to get a troop in, and a wraith has to spend a couple wraiths. Uh, will to just try and get some black darts off. That's yep. almost long shot territory. And if I do that enough times, eventually one of those black darts is going to fail. Yes, but you have to always be beware of the possibility. And I think um, that's something that's naturally, um, if the model is like bound in combat, it's bound in combat, so I don't have to worry about it. It's like a lot of mentality. Um, uh, so we can like focus on the other models. And um, I think especially to to less experienced players it's um going to be a big surprise and even to more experienced players it's like always in their head uh, thinking about it and maybe um especially in a very intense game um you you can't be focused 100% for 2 hours and this is something that really um really uh, can can slip and then suddenly change the tide of the game and I had this is exact situation um, in in a seize the prize scenario where my opponent like bound bound my rates, dig up the prize, and was like, if I win the next roll off, I can like um, get it behind, um, and I can't really do a lot about, or my opponent can't do a lot about it. And well, it, the, the way it happened was that I like um, like darted one of the models in combat, raised, then went away, compelled the model with a prize, and I got a heroic combat off. That really like changed the tide of the game completely. And I think it's very important to abuse this as a player and also to be b- beware of it and try to counteract it as a player against. Very true. Very, and a lot of it's down to what you know, isn't it? Because once you've played against this, this Legion a few times, you know what they're going to gonna try, and it's going to be when you implement it. Whereas if you're a new player playing against it, it can be just incredibly overwhelming, all these, these little options yeah, sure. you've got to, to, to get out of it. And I think that's, that's some of the issue with it. If you haven't played against this Legion before a tournament, you might be in for a nasty surprise with some mm. of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and just on that too, for the for those couple of scenarios that um, have light objects in the game, I think uh, heirlooms of ages past and see surprise. Just remember in the back of your mind that ring race can uh, compel slash command you to drop the prize. Yes, yes. So always you always got to be you always got to be careful of that because that that is something that I I always try and make sure I'm looking out for. And it's particularly against a Wraith player. They can do some seriously, like, nutty things with that. They can, like, compel the model, like, allow, allow you to basically pick off the prize and then make you get, bring you into this false sense of security of, like, yes, I'm, I'm in the position. I'm, I'm all good. And then suddenly they compel your model out. They use your models to compel yeah. and create a little shield for them. Then they run in, pick up the prize, and bugger off with it. You've done all the work to pick yeah. up the prize and get it into a safe spot, and they go, oh, thanks for bringing it closer to the board edge. I need a runoff. I'm going to make you drop it, pick it up, and get it off myself. So always yeah. always keep that in the back of your mind. And there is um, also another scenario where this uh, comes into place, the new one, it's retrieval. And I um, we have, have a tournament coming up, um, and this is like set as one of the missions. I'm thinking about that. It's going to be very tough. But um, well, my tactic would be to... So you're, you're aware of how the scenario works? Yes, yes. Capture the flag, yeah. as we like to call mm. it. Yeah, capture the flag. Yeah, no, so no, you, no. Completely <laughs> ignore, you completely ignore the flag in your own uh, half. You leave yeah. like maybe one or two behind. 
arch all the way um, and try to get um, to your opponent's objective. And then when he eventually um, digs up or he, he just picks it up and tries to get it to your body, you just in the situation where you like com command him, or compel him, let it drop, and it's only like one victory point if he if the object was moved at all. So mm -hmm. that that especially with the and I know um, from from a lot of games that a lot of people, even experienced players, are not aware of it or that it's so easy to get rid of the prize and then just nullify victory points. Well, you you, do, you did everything right until this point. You got it. You are maybe even close to your opponent's board edge, and then suddenly, yeah, compel. Well, here's the prize. It's like next to your model, but you uh, can't pick it up, and it's the last turn, so game over. Mm. And I think that that really catches a lot of people by surprise, and that's what I meant. Uh, if you are not, not aware of some very specific situation that really is connected with a lot of victory points, if it happens, it's like if um, if you're prepared prepare for pre pre prepared for it or not means either like five victory points to you or five victory points to your opponent and uh, really like one little situation one spell one unit can completely change the way the game's going yeah that's yeah. that's massive that, uh, oh pascal you probably have the answer to this one as well can you compel a model to pick up an objective i don't think so no no okay okay good so that's that at least it actually you says you you can force an uh unit to drop it drop it yeah yeah okay well that, yeah. that's at least something you, so... you move up to half move uh if the model even if they've moved already you cannot force them to make a jump, leap, climb, dismount, lie down, uh, but you can yep. make a move into, yeah. Yep, gotcha, yep. gotcha. It's okay. only yeah. dropping uh, you're allowed to make them to do. Also but, against the shooting, uh, also when we're talking about uh, compel, that uh, compelling something into combat can be yes. can be very effective. I think it's not as effective as with the Gulivar or with the Fell Beast, but yes. you can at least uh, prevent good shooting into it. But on that as well, uh, Pascal, both uh, both for the ringway player and against the ringway player, always keep that in the back of your mind too, because yeah, calling sure. a model into combat doesn't require you to have a line of sight. So even though yeah. you think you're nice and safe behind this 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 lovely Rohan building that perfectly obscures you 100% of your model, and suddenly the wraiths come flying around the corner, pull you into combat with them, and now you're fighting three wraiths. Uh, yeah, always but... keep that in the back of your mind. I think uh, three is very hard to pull off. The compel, I think two, yes. two is easy, but I think tr three is near impossible. Mm. I, I can't. I think uh, if if it's an enemy cavalry model, yeah, you can pull it off. If it's an enemy infantry model, you cannot. That's assuming that all your wraiths are mounted. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, also, um, SD ring wraith player, you definitely need uh, spare bases uh, to uh, like measure uh, things to like. Be aware in which position you. I think that that's anyway very, um, very much um, a good idea for every army. But I think especially for this army, yeah. to like really be aware how far do I need to move, how far can I get back out of range, where do I need to stay for my heroic, where do I need to stay to um, get like four models into the minus one area, where do where's the exact moment where I need to drop my instill fear, for example. So having having these spare bases is very, very important. Yeah, to, to quote our, our good friend Andreas, uh, make sure you have those proxy bases uh, for, for your uh, spells and movements because... Uh, 
Andreas was is one of one of the yeah. one of the players that I distinctly remember at Articon who was always on. Make sure you got your proxy base. Make sure you got your your twenty five or your forty mil base handy so that you you can measure out and and step out your spells because when you're playing yeah, well, in those really high intensity like game scenarios, you really want to be like declaring your moves and and making yes, sure. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. All right. Where Especially. am I? In yeah. Go, go. That also, um, because what what you in this did in this situation can never do is like moving forward. So I move forward to this without like really measuring and without really saying it. That's like very the, these these clumsy game moves that it just doesn't work with an army like this. Yeah, you, you really have to be a hundred percent agree. You have to like completely say, right, I'm moving eight inches forward to this position, so that this is yep. exactly at twelve inches range. I'm then going to move four inches out to this position here, and then really kind of stepping it out like that. And it, it's honestly, yeah. it's just good game etiquette. But um, yeah, yeah. For, for 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 an army that's very resource intensive and very and it's also, position intensive yeah. is yeah, yeah extremely important. And what's also important that you are. So you you won't uh, you you don't want to confuse your opponent, but you also don't want to confuse yourself. It's like it's very intense, and you have to be aware of a lot of things. Uh, so if really you know use so many like different markers and something to measure things and different dices. At um, especially in the end game, I also then go and set up like dices with one or two to uh, mark where are my might points on the board because it's obviously um, even with with the numbers on the models like number one, number two uh, until number nine very hard to really transfer it uh, visually to, to the board from, from your sheet so uh, setting like bring bring a lot of dice, bring a lot of different colored dice to make it absolutely clear for yourself and also your opponent, especially in the last two, three rounds of the game, just then set up here's my might, there's my might, there's my might and uh, that, that makes it a lot easier for you and also for your opponent mm. Yeah, def- definitely want to be clear on that because last thing you want to do is play one of these these ring rave players. It's not very clear on the resources because you've already got a bit of yes. taste in your mouth playing against these black riders. And then when they go, yeah, I'm going to yeah. spend might here. And you go, what? You've already spent seven. And you go, yeah, no, this is a different rave. Yeah. See, look, his hood It's slightly curved. Ah, stop it. <laughs> so, so maybe getting a little bit into the logistics. I have a like a sheet with. I don't know how to, how to say it in English, so I can just wipe it off and. Uh, oh, whiteboards. Like, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, uh, where where I have just like all the um, grades like down, and I also have a second one for my opponent. So if he wants to, he can just uh, keep track with me together. I also have a second pen for for this, and I um, figured the best way to do it is just declare a spell. Say how many uh, dice are you going to use. Write off those will points and then roll. So just really keep that structure. Declare the spell, say how many dice, um, write off the will points, and then roll your dice. Um, that, that's also the way to not confuse your, your, yourself, not your opponent, and not, not to forget. Um, be, be, and when you like maybe uh, use, a, use a mic point on a spell, like um, flip the dice from the four to the five, and that point, uh, write off the might on the, on the sheet. Mm. Uh, so... Being as clear as possible to not confuse yourself and also not confuse your opponent. I only have like a sheet of paper and um, I, think, I don't don't have the English word again, but so, uh, as laminated. so it's like laminated. All yeah. right, yeah, it's laminiert in, in, in German and uh, laminated. All right, yeah, and so I can write it off. And also something that I actually um, re- 
but reminded me of our game at Articon um, with uh, the declarance of heroic moves. Especially, I, I had a lot of games where um, I, I like had to declare two heroic moves on a channel, and my opponent also had maybe like two um, two heroic moves and something else, or a march and a move, and really put down those markers to say where on the board are our heroic moves to like not yes. getting con- confused and figure it out. I, uh, I, I really, distinctly, yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember in our game that we played at Articon. There was one turn we had, and I think I th- um, honestly, I think I yeah. put down thirteen <laughs> tokens that turn. I think I put down four for you, and then I put down an another nine for me or something silly like that yeah eight heroic combats two strikes (laughs) are you going to declare something no i don't think so (laughs) that was good fun that was that was that was a sweats game but uh i still i still remember that game honestly your entire your entire german team at that tournament was absolutely out of this world you you also you played tobias right Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, I need to come. I need to come over to, to Germany. Hopefully next year or something like that to play in some tournaments because uh, that's my plan. I'm, I'm hoping that because uh, I've got a lot of. Uh, I've got my long service leave coming up, so I'm, I'm planning on doing another like you know big like two month trip yeah. over Europe. Hopefully COVID yeah, starts down. Let and, like, me you know. know. <laughs> yes, I will. I will definitely will. Right, I think we are still in the middle of the tactics <laughs> for and especially tactics against a section. Yes, uh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so so we're going yeah. tactics against a uh, tactics for or against Pascal. Which one was it? Uh, I think we we were doing against... we, we thought we were we were finished with the tactics for and yes. then mm. there were like some some ideas coming up. But I think they also are very um very much. Both for and against, because the takes four for your opponent, you have to be aware of it, and I think that's also like pairing it up. So this is the tactic, and be prepared for it and react to it. So I think it's like more more of like the same section, but we can continue with the against. And if there is like some important uh, for tactics four, I'm going to mention it. I want to go around, and I want to go. Um, I want to start with Jeremy, then I want to go to Pascal. Your favorite tactic to use either for or against the ring ranks. Your favorite tactic that you like to yeah. use. Jeremy. Think, uh, oh, me yeah. first. All right. Okay. Yeah, you first, because we want, to, you fine, know, we want the fine. guests to go last. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Well, no, no, I'll take all the good ones then. So the best tactic to use against the ring rave is, of course, to talk the player using the ring rave into distraction so that they, they stuff up their measurements. Because you talked about how accurate the measurements have to be. you just got to keep distracting this ring rave player at all times. So talk about everything you possibly can. Overload their mind with as much as possible, and away you go. So, so you, <laughs> you like the chaos. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thrive in that situation so you talked about someone can't pay attention for a whole two hours that's my bag i could definitely do that so i am more than happy to throw the other person off as much as possible so i measure all kinds of crazy things i make it look like i have a plan when i don't have a plan i talk about stuff i ask stupid questions about magic powers they're never going to use in situations like like okay so so can you tell me again the channeled uh drain courage and like they're never going to do that but you can just talk it up and just get them thinking about it and just overload their mind so they actually wink out of existence in the similar way to the wraiths do when they run out of will all right yeah um... interesting tactic there jeremy uh making the game so chaotic <laughs> that you bring them down to your level and you beat them with experience i hey, like calm it down. <laughs> no, i like it can i give a real tactic as well then yes please yeah. do um i i try and swamp them with troops at every opportunity. So I try to feed them whatever is not valuable to me and make sure they're wasting their resources and their their movement and everything else they're doing, dealing with stuff that's of little value. I 
protect my heroes at all costs. I keep them safe. If they're if they're there at the end game, I've got a chance. If they're all disappeared, I'm probably playing into the Rafe's hand. And I always make sure that that whatever the objective is, that I have a points lead the whole game. So I need to make sure that I'm ahead, start, middle, end. Otherwise, the Rafe player is just going to do that disappearing trick. So I need to make sure that if there's an objective, I'm the first there. If there's a leader kill or whatever, I'm doing everything I can to put some pressure on the Witch King. If there's uh, reconnoiters, that I get some models off, or at least look like I'm getting models off, just to keep that points pressure on. Because if you get behind against the Rafe player, you're pretty much in a lot of trouble. Uh, yes, so I've got one for and one against. The one for is like really uh, be aware of the terrain and abuse it uh, wherever possible. I think one thing I really like to do is just block my opponent with a cheeky compel and just set a model so he like does not get his warband uh, through. And in that situation, it's often enough to like compel one model or compel and transfix like one and two models and really set up your opponent. He doesn't like really uh, get where he needs to be. Also very effective in that situation is the instill fear. You, um, If your opponent is yet to move, you really rob him of two turns, especially in something like recon. If there is like two turns, he, he can't move. That's like completely destroying his game plan always like being aware of it and where to use it to really uh, tr- obviously try not to get swamped and also try to fight as much of your force against as little as your opponent's force. I think that's a tactic that's always important with all hero, with all mounted forces to really abuse the mobility, to abuse the really concentrated power in, um, in a lot of models and really uh, get, get a lead uh, through this. Tactics against it, I think something similar that you mentioned before, keeping the heroes out of range. You can set it up, especially with heroes that have like a 12-inch auras. Like, I think we, we can come to that later on. Like, good counters against, for example, a Dane uh, with a 12-inch fearless. That's just mm. completely insane. Just set him up that uh, the, but he's like exact 12, 12 inches behind the line of troops. So uh, even if I charge in, I'm not in range to Dane. Um, and that's obviously um, very, very good. Also, maybe even a, a channeled or of command with the killer down, hiding him, being out of range, having the 12 inch like a courage bubble to, to really make it hard for, uh, for your opponent for the raids uh, to deal with the heroes. Yeah, 12 inches is key, isn't it? Because that's the Rafe's real threat range. And if you've got anything that, that yeah. is equal to that or above that, then you've possibly got some advantage there that you can play off. Yeah, 100% agree. So I think I think it's time that we uh, we, we start to mosey into kind of the, the, the last kind of little bit that we wanted to talk about the Black Riders. And that's what the ideal list is, what points limits you should be playing at, uh, what your configuration of Might, Will, and Fate you should be looking at for your ring race. And... Generally, construction of army lists and, and, and stuff like that. So, Pascal, why don't you lead us off yeah. with um, your kind of favorite setup for, for, for your army, so your ideal points limit. Yeah, I think at 800 plus, uh, you can get all nine with decent stats, but you have obviously two might uh, and two fate. And at 800, you I think you, you get... Um, most of them with at least one additional. Um, so 800 is like it's not the minimum, but the minimum where you can really uh, get a nine at, at 750. You can either get a nine, and you really like have to have to drop a couple of fate points even, or that you like run three raids at 271, which can work. Um, and at 700 you can get like eight, and eight is um, 
very important to abuse the 25% uh, for game ending that you still have two models on the board. If you drop below eight models, if you only have seven models, 25% is only at one model and you're not like going to hold two objectives with one model. So I'd uh, to, to really be competitive, I'd um, try to get at least eight. And uh, so it's to me then playable at 700 plus my um, current approach. And I think it's um, it's the, the right approach is uh, to uh, maximize wraith uh, at all costs. Riding you, you get the at least two might and ideally also two fate. But I'd rather have uh, like uh, eight raids uh, at two uh, seven two instead of um, than seven with uh, two ten two. So um, you all, all every wraith is a unit on the board. Every wraith is a, a hero on a horse. Every wraith is a, a screech you're getting, and also a wraith can just die with four wheel remaining, and you paid for this. So. Um, Unless I have the points, I wouldn't really spend a lot of additional will points. Um, so that, that's my take on this. I'm going to try uh, the army at 500 points with uh, five raids, but I don't think it's the most competitive option at this level. Mm. That 500 points level seems really tough for an army like this because, look, I think you can still pull off all that, that sort of assassination and those sort of tricks, but the having enough wraiths to be able to get your objectives at the same time I think would be really challenging. I think once you get up to that eight, nine wraiths, you've got enough where most of them could be doing the, the, the hero killing and the, or the troop killing or whatever, crowd control, whatever you need to do, and then you've got the last two or one to, to go and, and go reconnoiter or capture an objective or to, to do pick up a prize or whatever it has to do. So, yeah, you know, I agree with that. I, I would, honestly, with this, this Legion, I'm looking at that 800 points as well. Like, I'm, I'm happy to drop them at 800 points. 750, I reckon I can make it work. But less than that, it's probably a little bit more of a challenge. I think that, that five 600 points is tough. Yeah, I think um, at 700 also can work pretty well. You could, like... I think that the, the thing is that uh, obviously the less the points, the less toys uh, your opponent has. And I think a lot of 700-point uh, lists is like one major hero and two two minor mm. heroes. Like not minor hero in like the game fact, but like Urits, yeah. Mouth of Sauron, uh, something like that. And you can like then really much take out the big hero. And especially if the big hero is taking up a big chunk of the army. That's like 150 out of 700 points. That's also um, very effective. You've got the eight models. So I'm definitely going to play it at 700. There's a tournament coming up. But I think it's getting the more competitive at uh, like really 800. But I also think we, we played to one tournament at 950 points. Actually thought it was like maybe even a little too much because what I'm getting for those additional points uh, is in like no comparison to what my opponent's getting for these. So I'm I'm getting like um, two two more will points on every one, and my opponent's getting like Galadriel, mm. and that's that's very very annoying. Or getting uh, the uh, Galadriel annoyance list uh, from uh, like 35 to 45 models. That's that's very big. And it doesn't like really compare to additional two will points on the other year. So I think that above 900 points, I think it's really like the sweet spot from 700 to 900 and above. It's also very good, but um, it's getting a lot tougher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. If you were low on points, if you were low on points, you talk about saying two might and then two fate on everyone. Is that always your rule? Or if you're going lower, do you start to, to sneak out, maybe drop some fate or drop some might? Is that something that's an option? Uh, n- never, never dropping might. Mm-hmm. 
dropping fate. I think uh, for the for the 750 point list to make it work with nine braids, I think two or three of them only have one fate. And the Witch King is also done pretty low. Um, so always Witch King always a three fate, a three map, but then maybe one or two um, two points additionally on or no additional will points because I get the fate full. So it's yeah. like a, a three a ten yeah. a three Witch King, no no blade also. Oh, interesting. Because I would I would actually drop another fate point to get that blade. I think um, the blade think... gives you another tool to use. What's what's your Opinion on that? Do you um, prefer the fate point or the blade? In the, in the, in the errata, the blade is now 10 points. So that really changes Ooh. up a lot of things for me. Yeah. It's 10 points, and you only have it on a uh, one attack model. You get four dice on a charge. And I think if your opponent is smart, um, the, the market blade isn't like really doing anything. Despite against like smoke something, but uh, against against like heroes, you always have the situation where he's um, if you well if you use the witch king first uh, to strike, if you maybe you could uh, three raids against a hero. That's in a lot of times a situation you don't usually have because it's way more effective to either uh, kill the hero with a black dart or let him run away with uh, maybe even a couple of uh, drained courages. So like really having to kill a hero in combat is not not your ideal situation anyway. And in that situation, if you like do the wounds, um, if you uh, start with Witch King, he's going to fade it. If you start with the others, he's uh, going to let it through to have to fade against the Witch King. So in a lot of situations... I really don't see the point where it really does enough that I would uh, then drop fate points for it. Mm, yeah. Interesting, interesting. That's a, that's actually a really comprehensive breakdown because um, the way I see a Morgul Blade is it's just a, such a good check for for those models like you know Shelob, Trolls, uh, even Gulliver, and like you said before, Mumikil and uh, and Smaug. And it's just it's just nice to have that assurance and peace of mind going into those those matchups against some of those heroes that you can pretty much effortlessly take them out with uh, with just a, a cheap ten point item. Yeah, I think I have to have to think about I think a little bit more about it. I think I especially playing the Witch King in the Mortal Force on a on a Fell Beast. Um, I've like taken taken the Morgul Blade, especially for the international tournaments. Lot, lot often uh, or most of the time um, I think I've never really used it it's, it's like always nice to have the option but I've never really been in the situation where it was like actually the right way to, to use the Mongol Blade so especially in the situation in this army where I'm tied on points and really debating do I need to drop fate points um, and like rates on board is like very important um, and I then uh, thought it wasn't like a uh, uh, best option to have it but I think it's like debatable Fair, fair enough on that, because in, in this kind of a list, two, two fate or, or two might, even two will, is is a fairly big deal. It's it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a fairly good deal, but I think yeah. I think though, if you, if you do hit those like big stratospheric points, like eight hundred plus, I think you'd be a fool, fool, fool not to take it, because when you're basically at that yeah. point spending will points for, yeah, you know, but... chump change, you you might as well take yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, but um, also another consideration would be that. We, especially in our meta, we don't see those models like really. Um, we we have a lot of times um, where we have like minimum number of models, so there's like no smoke only. So smoke with something, and it makes it a lot of easier most of the times. And especially if somebody goes for like Shelob trolls and those are like not the most competitive pieces, uh, therefore not taken by the most competitive players. So somebody who's like who loves ends and takes ends is probably like not 
as good, so I don't really need it because I'm going to win anyway. So don't want to sound arrogant, but that's that's the way <laughs> that's the way I approach this. But I don't need this additional tool um, because I think I'm at a experience and skill advantage anyway. As neither the whole army nor the player is like competitive, so I, I like really don't need it. And against the top players, they don't play armies where I need to play it or where, where it just makes sense. I think that's that's a good green dragon type of answer there, where it's just, I don't need it. Like, yes, it's a tool that's there, but, but no, not for me. I am already good enough. And that, that that's the appropriate answer yeah. for it. I think I think there's some some merit to that. I think it's um it's gonna be really good against people taking stuff that's like got heaps of wounds that you want to kill in that manner, but that's often not the top table players. They're often taking other armies as well. So I look I would probably I would probably lean on, on Kylie's way of just putting it in there, but I don't know that I'd use it a lot. I find that even yeah. with other lists with the the Morgul blades, I often don't end up using them or or just totally botch it and don't don't get any value out of it. It doesn't seem like you're using the Witch King as a real combat force in your tactics from what you've talked about anyway, so it might be leaning towards a playstyle as well. Yeah, I think there there isn't like... I think you're already in a bit, bit in a bad situation where you need to kill a hero in combat. And I think most of the time um, your opponent's really like going to prevent it or have models that can charge, and even if one model can charge, you like really getting... Getting the odds out of there most of the time the hero is mounted so um you need to get rid of the mount first it's another spell another black dart on the horse um so it's like getting very resource in- intensive to to pull it off and you either like break and do like to drain courage to have him run away at courage one or you ignore him or you black dart him so i think those are my preferable options to deal with the hero yeah they're good options and when they work they're spectacular options yeah do we have another 10 minutes to maybe talk about uh, models uh, against and also yes. my ideas how a meta would maybe shift? I think that's mm, like, I, I very interesting. I think I'm just going to, to let you discuss and start off with one of the uh, biggest counters and maybe set up a little riddle. And it's uh, <laughs> for me, it's uh, Gun of the Grey, and uh, maybe you can tell me why. Gandalf the Grey, why, 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 why? So I'm going to oh, do the dumb things, Kylie. Kylie, you can tell me the answer in a moment. Let me let me be the stupid <laughs> one for this one because I'm going to I'm going to make a mess of this one and I'm going to really enjoy it. So it's probably not that rock spell. I don't think it's that one. I don't think it's blinding light because it depends if I uh, have all my uh, my um, raids in the ruin. I think <laughs> on a horse, it, yeah. it, it has in it, it has uh, like this is a strength five spell uh, hit. I think it's probably uh, to the uh, rider and to mount mm, that would be very effective but that's that's not it okay okay sorceress blast i think if you if you had nothing else to do could be pretty nice but that only takes one one wraith doesn't it because if they're horses do they bounce through each other or do they just stop it you can collateral okay. into one but you start when you hit the one so that's something and that's if, okay if, I, if i'm in a bad in, if i'm in a bad situation you can get even two if they are anyway in base contact yeah. with uh two so mm-hmm. you can get the angles to get Three maximum. He's got restore you, will. Got to... mm, that's probably not going to. Well, that can 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 be can be handy in a situation where, especially in the late game, if you still have your hero and your Gandalf, but you can just uh, then, um, if well, I think having no will is makes the spell work hundred percent. And the one especially, mm. uh, what I hate is the uh, natural six rule. That's so annoying. <laughs> 
<laughs> Agreed. But you can. But it, it can be. It can be handy in a in a situation. Yeah. Mm. But it's not what I what I was. Going no, no, no. To. I'm just going off the dumb options so Carly can give the right answer. Yeah. yeah. So um, compel. Can you compel models to dismount now? Is that that's not an option? Is no. it? No. But no. It, compel is actually very annoying. Mm, uh, I can to, imagine. Uh, if I, if I set up in a situation, you get a hero into it, can set up a lot of problems. I think that's also something that's. Uh, important for yeah. like spell casters in general against the army i can't really um drop down to my will yes. i can't really go unless one uh, up to one will but and i also like need to stop at maybe like three will for most of the raids because i can't really afford to get a spell cast on me yeah because that's my tactic would be against rafes and this is because this is my tactic against everything is compel something forward throw everything into it call a heroic yes. combat and reposition that way because it does does so much for for what you're doing. So so I'm a big fan of that one. A very uh, very unique tactic. Mm, yeah, I know it's totally original, and no one else knows about that uh, one. <laughs> um, so Kylie, what are you going to help me out with? What have I missed? Well, I have to give a quick shout out to my boy Anarion from round two. Yes, I I um, that's also where I got the idea from. That's I, I listened to the... to the episode uh, uh, lately, and I I didn't figure it out at the moment. But uh, it was a couple of days later. We was uh, thinking about it, and it just completely blew my mind. Uh, but but gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Anarion did a really nasty trick uh, against me where he cast this. It's a new spell that Gandalf has got. It's called Protection of the Bala, and mm. I don't know if you've ever heard the term. I don't care what you're doing. I'm untargetable. <laughs> but that's what essentially Gandalf does. He makes your heroes untargetable. And that is just oof. Blown. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's so good. Kylie, uh, do you know what the channeled version of this spell does? I, oh, you can stretch me. Hang on. I'm not going to look. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. look. I'm not going to look. I believe it's like extra courage or something like that. <laughs> it would no? be great if it would be extra courage. <laughs> it blew my mind when I looked, I looked it up. It affects uh, the target and every model three oh. inches around it. Oh. You can completely yep. um, make your army and your heroes immune to magic. Um, it's an AOE? This happened. It's, it's a way you can uh, you you can either cast it on Gandalf yourself or on the hero and position to have your troops mm. like three inches or your your important troops you can charge in. I, I had this situation game two last tournament against the Mounted Fellowship with Gwai wow. here, and I had a Gandalf uh, Aragorn Boromir Legolas immune to magic. Against me. Wow, it does too. I this, did not know it was AOP. Is, oh, that's this, insanity. This, that's completely insane, and I um so, someone so, someone I um my, a friend of mine played Gandalf, and I was like in our group saying to him, "I've got a tip for you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is." Um, <laughs> so I got I got people like figuring it out, and I think someone else also um in another group figured it out before and um knew I was coming with a force and uh, spread it around his friends. <laughs> So that, that's that's completely mm. insane. You if you can can pull yeah. and it uh and that, that was it was uh the game. So he had with eight hundred sixty six points uh, was the mounted fellowship heroes plus plus Frodo making them um fearless very good uh, and quite here. So it was contest of champions. Uh, co- contest of champions. I lost to Rolhoff, Got uh, the th- uh, three raids in front charge. And I couldn't do anything against it. It was that was very very tough. Um, I managed to get the guy here and make it done after it an even game, and won in the end. But that is completely insane uh, with Gandalf. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. 
I, I knew I knew it was the untargetable, but I didn't I didn't realize it's a it's an AOE on that within three, yeah. and that's within so two. I... So that's closest point to closest point. You can get some you can get some yeah, yeah. nutty amount of models into three inches if you're clever about it. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so I, I listened to the podcast uh, again to that episode, and it's like, yeah, it was a sound play, this and that. And then a couple of days later, I was like, thinking about it, thinking about it, and I got back to it. And then there must be a channeled version. What does the channeled version do? I looked it up, and it was like, if somebody puts us up in the um, in the right situation, I'm in very big trouble. Yeah, wow, because because it's it's not that hard to set up too, and. You, yeah, you, I need to bet I, I, on bet on winning. You, you need to bet on winning a key roll-off. Yeah, and then get in on Gandalf, who yeah. could be very like Gandalf if he's on horse too. Could sit twelve inches behind the main line. And just you, you don't need to channel it in that situation. But but yeah. this, it, this this only has a three-inch uh, range. That's important. Yes, but so he's you, on horse, you so you can bring it up to thirteen. Yes, um, but but it, you you can't really have Gandalf all the way back and then just. Go in twelve mm. inches, mm. this and back. So it's still good, but it's if you are you may, maybe you're using the channel version uh, once, and after it, if you got got it, uh, maybe put it on. And now I come to the other big counter mentioned before, Dane, twelve inches fearless. Uh, uh, defense eight is also very important because defense eight means that the black dart needs a four uh, to wound, which um, gets the odds um, of killing him in one turn. Makes it very hard uh, for for the uh, for the black riders uh, to really assassinate him uh, in the, in one turn. So Dane and Gandalf is actually a pretty solid fighting force. You can <laughs> max out the warbands at around 650 points with 18 dwarves and 15 lagtown elves, including a banner, including a uh, one or two uh, like uh, cavalry models. That's that's pretty sound. And then to 800 points, you can then either go and add the uh, Iron Hills Ballista, or you can go crazy and say, "Oh, I'm adding in Gladrail." Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of lot of creative ways to um to play around but but these are like two two of the yeah. main very effective counters Gandalf and Dane very interesting the uh the gun of the white uh, does not have uh the yes, protection he, of the he, color anymore <laughs> he does have he does have banishment though so that that's scary but in a different way it's not as scary yeah. Model like Tom Bombadil, what does he do against uh, against an army? I actually like played Tom Bombadil twice, and due to major things, it makes it it forces you to kill models in one turn yeah. because otherwise they get a fate, yeah. they get a wound, they get a, a might, they get will. So it's very hard if you're not getting. Uh, in fact, one army uh, I played it was 950 points, it was complete crazy. It was Iron Hills Chariot, Guaihir, Tom, and Goldberry. <laughs> it was it was very tough. The scenario was command the battlefield, so we we had a very crazy game, and uh, I managed to kill Guahi and kill uh, Dwalin with the black darts, and then very unfortunate situations led to me not killing the Killy, and after it a couple of key rollers lost, and then um, I was like I destroyed, and I think that, that that's key. You need to kill the um, the models in one turn, and he also. Well, uh, saves uh, the opponent from a transfix. So yes, if Dom uh, goes goes second, uh, you uh, you cleanse uh, the channel transfix, and that makes it very tough. So I couldn't like really afford to fight it in combat because there was always the Killy and the Philly uh, doing the strikes. So that was that was tough. 
So Tom also like is, is is another unit where you can't do anything about. Tom also gets a little bit of punishment if you um, if he fancies it. Also very annoying. So yes, yes. the module is actually pretty pretty uh, good against uh, against the Black Riders. Yeah, that would have been my my um, cheesy go to if I expected to to play that. I know I know a lot of people go Galadriel, but Tom Bombadil is a, is a pretty solid option. I could probably sneak him into a a Shire list or something like that and just cause some real problems. Yeah, but but what I find is um, like it's not a single model, but it's in general what you want is uh, troops that function without your heroes. So what I was uh, thinking about is an elf force with a Lothorian in there so you get um magic resistance magic. on troops yeah. that's uh, that's like not relying on um on anything it's the army bonus so you don't need a hero alive you don't you don't need anything those models have the magic resistance for all game you can get some pikes in there with a fight six that's very cheeky and also with uh, the wood of sentinels it's uh, one spell that's often overlooked mm. you can uh, automatically pass a courage test which is also a uh, very good haldir yeah. is, is like overall overall uh, solid you get a lot of shooting in there you can maybe even go for like one or two of the Lothlorian cavalry just have like additional threat range with the 12 inches and you can go for wolves with uh, throwing daggers and spears so always shielding always shooting so that's that's very solid with uh, with the haldir and then you can like i think the, the way to go would be uh, to get in a uh, then because the rest of the Lothlorian force isn't like particularly uh, good and get in Kirdan and maybe Aristor or Gildor and have the possibility to get R of Command 2 and uh, with Gildor additional threat range, additional magic and also throwing daggers on everything to have additional uh, shooting threats. So that's uh, an army I'm working on at the moment to, to have a uh, interesting uh, counter uh, to the Black Riders. And you will love it, Pascal. Take it from me, who's someone who has recently yeah. uh, done a Lothlorien list and, and mm. run the Gildor and, and the, the, the Wood Elf throwing weapons and stuff. It is mm. it is a fun list to use and very, very frustrating to play against, especially if your opponent is teching yeah. heavy into magic. Would you would you go for the Kirdan? I, I have tried the Kirdan, and I've tried without. I personally prefer... Not taking the Kirdan, mostly because I like using those eight, extra 80 points to take like another hitting yeah. threat, another proactive yeah. threat. But that said, if I was going to go to a tournament, I would uh, probably yeah. try and I, I'd probably try and find a way to get Kirdan in because I, I, Kirdan Glorfindel is just it's, insane. It's just insane. So, so the the idea developed uh, was going to the tournament with a friend who hasn't played for a lot of times. So it was his first tournament with a new edition, and before he like. It was like very good. There was a time when the Wood Elves were like um, very uh, competitive force in the scene, and they they somewhat disappeared. They're like not too competitive anymore. You can't take them with Legolas and Tranduil anymore. So they they lost a lot of it. What made them good before, especially like having the Terror in there. They mm. Also, like got a point more expensive. Got the Elven Blight and the Cloak for free now. Um, like for that one point, that's that's decent, but it's still more expensive. So there are like a lot of things that uh, make uh, this uh, this Wood Elf uh, force worse uh, than uh, than before. And I just try to to figure out a way how to how to make it possible again. And I went, went to the Haldir and having having the terror in there is is like very good for the throwing mm. weapons. Having the aura yes, of commander yes, thing, yes. 
especially like going going to the to a tournament to see how how, how much Kirden saves you from a lot of matchups, especially like Osses, they're probably going to outshoot you uh, with uh, with like fourteen crossbows mm. or something. And so I think I probably need need to Kirden and then either going for a restore or I guess I was thinking about uh, seven hundred points. Bring like uh, thirty four, thirty five elves to the table is also very good. So yeah, that's that's one of the counters I'm I'm trying to find at the moment. They'll they'll counter the race uh, pretty well. I think it, you still need to play it well. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. Definitely, it gives you a lot of tools that the the wraiths are not gonna not gonna fancy being on the table. Well, the the first idea of it was was the having having troops that uh, like work without a hero nearby. Mm. So mm. what also came to mind in that situation were Urukai berserkers having like the the high courage, the threat with the two two attacks. So I actually like uh, see people. I would really imagine that people who maybe played Assault in Helm's Deep or play like other Isengard, uh, Isengard forces just go, I'll, I'll take a couple of Berserkers just, just to have them for that situation to have the key courage tests. So I think that that works. Also, Watches of Karnar in the in the uh, Harad Force, I guess I'm, go- I'm going to, gonna bring them to up face, too, yeah. face more having resistant to magic and also additional additional plus two against courage and also these, these plus two can't can't be reduced anyway, so that there's special rules. So you're also always fighting at minimum courage uh, three if you want to. Mm. So that that's that's good. Um, yeah, so, so these these were the, the first uh, things that come to mind, and I, I actually like think that people are going to adapt. So I think such a hard force is is in the tournament scene in the meta, and they're just going to change a little and see this this might be a good way to deal with uh, black riders. And I think that's it's a very nice nice way to see. To see the meta evolve around like one good good force and place trying to adapt. But also see um, the barrel being pretty good at um, helping to deal with uh, riders too. Because yes, oh, yeah. you, you can probably pin the barrel, but the barrel doesn't need to you know do much to to, to be effective yeah, um... on that table. That twelve inch auto pass courage for the goblins is very very handy. And on top of that as well, you've got ten will and resistant magic with ten wounds. So yeah. this this legion is uh, also they they won or like one one the the other tournament where I placed a fifth was won by the new Baroque Legion. It's very very good, especially at the eight hundred and plus points. I think my take on this would be really go for for the gamble with the uh, channel black dart because you can't win with a Baroque on the board. Yeah, no, he's he's just really, he's... really, and and if you so so they automatically broke in and they automatically take the courage test. So it's really if this works and you like invest all your will, all your might in there, works. I think that, that that's that's the, I think it's just pure like um, toss a coin, either either it works or it doesn't work. Uh, that's probably the the way to play it. Yeah, that's it's so so spooky though because that that he, he does have that that. Um... The uh, if if the Balrog does get close or, or anything like that, he does have the immediate set of blades to on, on there as well. And the gap close is just the, the moment the yeah, Balrog sure. gets in at eight eight inches. Like if if you get corralled into a corner or something like that, it's it's that's that's spooky. That's that's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have like any uh, any other ideas, uh, which would be like very very good ways to deal with it, and maybe like troops to to add into forces. Um, one I think that could that could be quite useful is Army of the Dead, particularly with the the wraith the not the wraith the the spooky ghost that gives you 
the resistance to magic on all your spirits. The, the Herald. Herald. Yeah, yeah, the Herald. The Herald. And the fact that they're naturally Defense 8, Courage 6 makes it pretty difficult for the, the race to yes. even just get the Black Dart off and kill. Like, going that pip up from uh, 3s to wound to 4s to wound, that's a big jump for, for, for yeah. a list that has... Uh, a finite amount of uh, black darts in a ranged attack uh, c- can be very, very nasty, and they're, they're fairly reliable to get in, even with the the minus three courage. Yeah. Also, the, the the king is very tough to to get through with a uh, like six will, and mm. you get the resistance to magic. I think the the issue with that is to be the most effective against against the raids. You you have to ditch Argon Legolas, and then it becomes a forest out like really doesn't do a lot in in a standard tournament setting. I would also um, also be very cautious of uh, Mohud. Not so much as the game goes on, but the initial burst run at you combos with the Impala can be very, very, very dangerous. If 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 they win a roll off and force through a past courage test with some some will and some might and get a hero in and get that that warrior yeah. pride going, that's that's scary. Because you're well, copying you, a whole bunch yeah. of strength four hits to the face, and race do if, not if want to be copying strength yeah, fours. Yeah. Oh, and if you in a situation where, like, for example, a contest of champions, you lose the initial roll off, that's going to com- destroy you completely. So, otherwise, the uh, the way to go is obviously like dart the heroes, the Mahout heroes first, so you don't you don't really get get the warrior pride in. But even even then. It's still like not easy going. It's like you mm. really don't like the half trolls and you don't like the camels either. And if one of one of it works, you're in big trouble. And you, even with uh, courage one, you pass twenty five percent of your courage test. So it's well, it's like one of every four gets in. So if there there is two two out of eight uh, riders uh, coming in with an impaler, that's dead horse and. The, the half trolls are very very tough too, so you, you can't like really go go forward and charge because you're not doing doing damage on a charge against a cavalry model, and the half trolls have like two attacks and they they hit you back very hard. So in that situation, you're probably going to to burn through your channel transfixes to get damage on the half trolls, but it's it's still it's still not not easy going, and you have the potential if you like. Maybe hide behind terrain or win the crucial roll off to get the warrior pride kick in, and and it's big big trouble. We talked about last episode using Druzag and using that that beast fury stuff. I think that could cause some problems with the the matching the speed because things like the bats, the spiders have a similar threat range to the wraiths. So all it takes is a ring wraith player to be in the wrong spot, and then you've you suddenly got some combos up, and and all the courage stuff potentially doesn't work if the goblin player is able to to protect Druzag effectively, which might yeah. not might not be the case. Like if Druzag goes down, you're in trouble. But if, if yeah, you've sure. got someone who like one of those boards that has lots of like good sized walls, nooks around, and crannies, yeah, yeah, I think that that would be really good. And the other one I was thinking about, Kylie, it's the old classic one. Is the um, corsairs? I think would be a real threat just because their ability to damage you once you're hidden in combat. Mm. So all those yeah, throw weapons, yeah. throw, throw one guy in or let, let them get charged, and then I was like, all right, yep. don't need a charge. I've got fifteen throwing weapons. Here we go, and <laughs> yeah. another ten crossbows on top of that as well. Uh, one that I just thought of then, the Rohan legend. Legendary Legion, um, the Paths of the Druidan, I think, could potentially be a, a sneaky sleeper one, um, uh, sleeper counter as well, because um, two things. One, you have uh, Dernhelm, 
who has, I'm pretty sure, Heroic Resolve. I know Eowyn has Resolve. Oh, Heroic Resolve is also, we, we should have mentioned that, at the Tactics Against. So that's so good. Yes, Resolve is is quite good. If you, you need a bit of setup, and not a lot of heroes have it, but if you can get a hero into the correct spot, drop that Resolve down, that can really dissuade uh, the... the um, uh, the Ringwraith player from, from going in on you. But the, the one I really wanted to point out with that that uh, particular Legendary Legion is the fact that they win the roll-offs on a 3+. So if they can, because they're mounted as well with the um, with the Rohan, if they can get in a charge range and and put pressure on you, if they are still alive and they've got the bodyguard yeah, sure. kicking around or, or anything like that, even at the very, f- on the first turn, uh, going from a 50-50 to a 60-66-33, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's not all I want to roll into. You, you probably can can protect uh, Theoden, and you also get good additional shooting uh, with the Boses, and if you can abuse the terrain in the difficult terrain, it's even better. And also, uh, the Black Riders don't really like a lot of opponents' cavalry because you like don't get a charge bonus. You don't do a lot in combat. So yeah, I can can see this. Uh, I can see this working. I think another shooting into combat, obviously. But I think one one thing that really is an issue um, because I, I faced a, a catapult once. Obviously, you, you try to shoot into combat, but you really start to do damage to yourself, and you get close to breaking. If you like really manage to do it, you maybe trade a horse for two courses. That's probably what you what you would say that's, that's a good trade. But if you do it like three times and it's um, uh, uh, six courses that on top of what was already killed and the courses just die in combat against uh, with a with a defense four. So it's like if you win the combat, you kill two. Um, so you you get dangerously uh, cr- close to breaking. Um, but it's still it's still like good good way to to play but you really have to have to be aware of it i, I had a situation where uh, my opponent landed like two spot on hits with a catapult uh, so i had like five um raids dismounted but none of them killed so they, they need they need the initial uh, three but the the other damage doesn't like really do a lot to the raids you, you manage to to get one wound safe of the fate and then you have like a lot of raids on the ground all that still have a lot of their will and you, you can like burn through the might on foot uh, to have the others kick in uh, for moves and something. And when you when you like hit hit these uh, the catapult damage and you like kill kill a lot of your own. I think the the two the two situation. I think he killed five horses and nine of his own models, and that really set him dangerously close to break in and broke his neck in the end. So. It's 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 a good way to to play against. And I think um, siege weapons um, are effective against because it's like really putting uh, the initiative initiative in the hands of the uh, siege engine player. Because I really have to to find a way to deal with it. And but it's it's like no nowhere near near an auto win. And also like needs to to be well thought about. That's true, but Kylie doesn't like siege weapons, so so that's yeah, that would just win out in that one anyway. So no, I think I think it's a good strategy. I think to anything mm. that can threaten them from a good range, and the nice thing about the siege weapons is with a, an an army of all elite troops, the, the person playing the siege weapon doesn't care about the scatter, so that that's a huge advantage compared to 
to what you normally go against when you end up scattering on a, a lone orc that's doing nothing. To be able to scatter yes. on another ring wraith is is a huge advantage. So that's 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 a nice nice option as well. So we've got lots of options here, Pascal. You're going to destroy your, your chances with these wraiths pretty soon if you keep giving away all these tactics to destroy them. I'm probably just um, using something else in the next tournament. I think. <laughs> That's a plan. Switch, switch it up. Do, do the do the old school tactic of go to a tournament, beat everyone up with that army, so everyone takes it next year, and then take the counter to that army when everyone takes it in the following year. So, I like it. Head of the curve, Pascal. Absolutely love it. Yeah, let's see, let's see what happens in the next couple of tournaments. I think what's also interesting with our tournament scene is that we have um, like the option for two armies. I think that's that's very interesting. I've not not heard it from anyone else. So to to enable like everyone going to a tournament, you um, can show up with only one army, but um, everybody has the possibility to bring like a good and evil army, and the um, player with that has two armies gets then to choose which army he's going to play. So that's in most situations a very big advantage why most players uh, take the two armies. But for the for the black riders, it's like well, I don't care. You're probably not going to play your evil army against me. Um, so I'm not forced to to take another good army, but on the other side, I can like now show up to a tournament with the black riders on the evil side and the counter to black riders on the good side. Then see what happens. Very interesting dynamics. I would actually wouldn't mind playing in a tournament where I got to pick between two lists. Been a yeah, been think, a wish list of mine for a while, but uh, yeah, I think that the I'm problem with it is that in most situations where like both players. Uh, bring two armies there's a very decisive roll off at the beginning yeah. to like who who picks picks the army and the opponent then always has to has to go against so there, there's a lot of a situation where then just naturally with four armies in the debate there's like more counteracting coming up um mm. so but that's think, that's always it, always an issue yeah. but um it's still still very interesting dynamic what might have been more interesting is if uh, if both players have an army, you secretly bid which army you're going to play. So you see what two armies your opponent plays, then you choose, knowing that information, which one you've, you're you going to play. So it's a bit more mind gaming yeah. and, and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that. that's actually uh, something that's uh, going to uh, happen at a uh, tournament coming up. And they also like picked up the uh, veto for the scenarios uh, from, from yes. you, I think. Yes. Uh, that, that's very interesting. Oh, so you, 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 I love you, it. You first... You first of all have the scenario veto from the pools, um, and then you secretly um, place the army you're going to play. So that's a lot of lot of mind games going on. Oh, I love it! I love it! I, I I'm gonna have to definitely get you back on Pascal because I would love to hear the results and how you go uh, at at that tournament because that sounds oh that sounds super juicy, super yeah. Spicy. Yeah, we, we can definitely do that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I I'm pretty tapped out with 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 ring race uh, uh, stratagems and tactics and game stories. And anything. Do you guys, uh, last chance, do you have anything else you want to add to, to this little episode? I think we, we have said it all. Jeremy? No, no, no. I'm happy for you to, to close this out, Kylie. I'm going to re-listen to all this and, and steal all these tactics for, as we're going against the Rafes because I, I feel very well armed now. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Pascal. I've absolutely enjoyed uh, listening to you, to to your wisdom and uh, devious mind that you've brought to the table today. And I really love to hear how you go uh, go on with some some of these uh, upcoming tournaments. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. But uh, that's all from us here at the Green Dragon uh, today. And as remember, as always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, traps win games.
Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash thegreendragonpodcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.